0: How's it going guys? I'm Zeke. I'm Jake. And you're listening to the Cinema Sideshow Podcast, episode 259.
1: We're right at the very tail end yes. of our journey.
0: We're almost there. We've got one last pit stop and that's today.
1: We do, we do. And and we figured there was someone very important, someone very special who needed to be with us here in the final leg of our journey.
0: It's Stephen. I mean, no,
2: it's
3: Jack. No, it's Stephen's back. Jack it's Jack Best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Welcome! Uh, i been
0: so happy to be on this podcast
2: for five years, guys. It's been a it's... good journey that we've all had together.
0: That's one of Jake. That, that's that is the equivalent of me saying we're two decades old. That whole like. it
1: does, yeah, it kind of feels like that.
0: No, but...
2: far a little
0: bit. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah.
1: five five years, five
0: years as of next week. Um, mm. But Jack, obviously, a
1: very special guest from yes.
2: this
0: show. Thank you. We, I mean, we haven't seen you in years. literally nearly 200 <laughs> episodes. It's insane.
1: Yeah, uncut gems. That was oh 20, my! Was I think that was wasn't that was. I think that was was that
2: 2018, 2019.
1: No, it was 20. It was very early 2020. Because it was fast. after it was after Zeke got back from his oh, holiday. I
2: forgot it was 2023.
1: Before so yeah. Yes, it is. Well, you know what? This Not will so actually be the first episode of 2024. Oh my god! I know. Crazy. Happy New Year! Happy you. New Year, everyone!
0: I had a great time at New Year's, by the way.
1: Me and Jake oh. kissed at midnight. We did. <laughs> to put in
0: perspective, it has been 201 episodes since Jack Bed has been on this show. Really. Episode 58 was uncut gems. That's incredible. So, yeah, that's you can't write a better better script for a show. Mm. Jack, welcome back. It's good to of course, be here. The J and ZKJ that is doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> I, I I can be the new J and ZKJ. You know,
3: you know
0: what I was thinking about this, Jake? Mm. Yes. Technically, the Cinema Side Show podcast, the thumbnail, if you look at it, it says ZKJ Production, or it says ZKJ Productions Presents, I think, on it.
1: Uh, I think but, some of the thumbnails are Presents, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Presents, which means when this show finishes, that's it. That's, that's the last ZKJ product.
1: Technically. Oh, so right. I've, been a, I've
2: been an executive producer on this podcast the whole time, is what I'm hearing.
1: <laughs> you should be in all the IMDb I'm the credits. One who, I'm the one who's
0: told you guys to shut it
2: down. <laughs> I cut off the funding. So
0: this really is, uh, we are at Kirith Ungle. On the way mm. to Mount Doom. That's... So nerdy. <laughs> I'm, <wearing a laughs> we, I'm wearing a Lord of the Rings shirt. You were literally wearing right a Lord now. of the Rings
1: shirt. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> we did just only do all three of the Lord of the Rings films. About uh, yeah, ten episodes. listened to those episodes. Yeah. yeah. So. It was fun. Um, no, it's great. We're obviously not doing Lord of the Rings today. We're no. doing a film that's very close to Jack's heart and really? handpicked by him. Oh yeah. Yes. Also, one that is most definitely sat on our blacklist um, which being, uh, obviously, the social network. Jake, do you have any fun trivia facts from
1: the film of the week, social network? I certainly do. And uh, it it pertains to the length of the film, which, of course, is an incredibly sharp two hours and zero minutes and zero seconds, or at least Beautiful. is what it feels like. But this was actually a very purposeful choice from the producers who essentially challenged Aaron Sorgan, who wrote a whopping 178-page script. So really, we're looking at three hours of material here. But
2: his dialogue is quick.
1: It is very quick, and I think that was basically the challenge the studio gave him when they asked, "You got to cut at least thirty pages," and he was like, "No, I can prove to you that this can all be done in two hours." And I think him and David Fincher sat down and did like an out loud read through of the script to prove it could be done in two hours, and uh, the rest is history. There you go. Wow, it's incredible.
0: There you go. That is a fantastic one. I'm going to look at the. Two leads of this film being yes. obviously Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield, and what I found quite interesting and maybe a little bit of context for the time when this film came out, sure, Andrew Garfield came to his rehearsal with a copy of Economics for Dummies as well as inspired by that move. Jesse Eisenberg bought a c plus plus for dummies oh very clever. bit of a context, clearly that's two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Those four dummies books were kind of the, the way you did that back then right. Was to work out stuff in a, in a small period of, of I miss time. I missed that
1: whole phase. Like, I remember the Dummies books being a big thing.
0: Yeah. But... And, I, and I am genuinely looking forward to talking about... Obviously, these two actors have gone on to do a lot of other things. Mm. Um, And this was definitely one of those films that was absolutely at the forefront of their breakouts for both of their respective careers. Mm. Which means it's really important to look at sort of where, this, where we thought they were going to go versus what actually... Transpired in the decade and a half preceding mm. these films.
1: So, this film is basically 14 years old now.
2: That is so depressing to think about.
1: <laughs> what about We've you, Jack?
2: I've got some trivia here as well. I don't need to read it. It's uh, David Fincher, after he cast all the actors, mm. refused to let them meet the real life version of themselves until um. after the whole film was shot.
1: Interesting. I should have I said, probably
2: researched a bit more on why he did that, but I read that no, bit of trivia like, and then I sort of,
1: imagine well, that would be so they don't. I guess they're not. they influenced doing it, yeah, not doing by
2: mimicking. You know, they're not just playing. They're not just impersonating someone. They, you know, they're doing yeah. their own thing.
1: Because I think with, I mean, you talk about. I mean, we can talk about it later in the show. But like, you got Aaron Sorkin, the most sharp writing mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. and you got David Fincher's sort of laser-focused direction, mm-hmm. perfect match made in it's heaven. The those Avengers two. of filmmakers. <laughs> So I guess, like, in terms of specificity, it's like, no, 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 the versions of these characters we wrote yeah, yeah. is what yeah, you're exactly. doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's a good point, yeah. So I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But that is interesting. Okay. Well, especially
0: when you've got someone like Andrew Garfield playing a Brazilian... He's playing, like, a Brazilian... Uh, a, Mex- a Brazilian
1: Jew. Yeah, he's yeah.
0: Which he is neither of, I believe. Mmm. Yeah. so...
1: And yet he fooled us all.
2: I believed him. I didn't believe him. I was so confused when they said his name was Eduardo. And I was like, no, it's
3: not. <laughs> look
1: at him <laughs> we went with it we went with it but I just I just want to say everyone before we move on and 259 points for your new Gallica Centipede world champion rookie sensation S- is it Sam Brenner I wrote Sam Brenner that can't possibly be right does either do either of you know what film that quote is from Sam Brenner
2: Oh, is it from the movie Pixels with it Adam is Sandler? <laughs> <What the hell?
1: laughs> well done. Well, that's so embarrassing that I got that right. 259 <laughs> points to, uh, I think that's it was um, Peter Dinklage's character, but like the younger version of him. I would in, never in admit the... to
2: ever seeing this movie, by the way. But uh, I for think... some reason, something in my brain told me that's what that was from.
1: I think someone told me The Last of Us was like in the movie. I was like, oh, cool. And it turns out to be like a four second shot of someone playing The Last <laughs> of Us. I was like, oh, great. Right, I just paid money to see this movie. That's so
0: fun, <laughs> man! You paid money for it. Well, I did
1: talk about Peter Dinklage last uh, a few week weeks on back. what was last week on Elf. Was yes, was he in the what movie last... Elf? He's in the movie Elf.
2: That's so demeaning.
1: What do you? Yeah. Well, that, that's the whole joke. He it's... hates
2: the that He hates those roles, though. He's, he's publicly spoken about it, hasn't he? Yeah,
1: but the thing I... is, he didn't play like an elf. He played like a. I think like a children's writer. Oh, and then the whole joke is that Will Ferrell thinks he's an elf. Oh, and he okay, gets angry and okay. they fight.
2: I haven't seen that movie in years. Mm. But
1: the I mean, the counter argument
0: to that would be, well... Still the in, a, of the joke. in a post-Game of Thrones world, sure, he can make those comments. Yeah, but if Game of Thrones get, yeah. doesn't exist, does he make those comments? I guess mm. it's got to work, yeah. Because um, I think Game of Thrones... Obviously, his dwarfism is a massive fixture of, of Game of Thrones. But sure. I think people looked beyond that because mm. of the obviously his position in the show and how long the show went for Mm. it wasn't just an hour and a half of there's this dwarf character you go on this complete journey with this character and that's
1: when viewers started to look beyond it i think it's kind of in the conversation again because we're talking about you know little people not being hired to do the live action snow white film yeah and that's its own controversy disney just can't get it right do they want to be
2: pc or not want to be pc just uh, looking to destroy themselves they're they doing want, everything wrong.
1: They want to be PC in the West where it's profitable and PC... No, sorry, not PC everywhere else in the world where it's also... also profitable. Prof- yeah, and, exactly.
2: and somehow they're not profiting at all. So they <laughs> maybe do the opposite. But the, <laughs> to East,
0: the, ball. the Eastern world is not going to complain about casting. The Western world will complain about casting, which makes it even more confusing that they haven't cast people... Right. They've, created, they've almost created that problem. Like, there's not going to be an, uh, a Chinese person that goes, oh, they've, not, they've ca- cast people that are, like, Regular got height. dwarfism. Right. Like, um,
2: like, they're not going to kick a sink out. I do hate getting mad about... Like, I don't want to be mad about it mm. and, until I've seen... I'm never going to watch the Snow White movie. I'm, Correct. I'm not going to waste my time. But I hate the idea of getting so mad about it before you've seen it Yeah, that you start, like cancelling Disney and all this stuff it's like wait till the movie comes out and then it will be bad and we can talk about how bad it is yeah. it just feels kind of pointless right now but it is a weird decision to for Disney to say oh let's make a Snow White movie let's make Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs mm. half the title is the word dwarfs and yeah, Probably, and yeah. they've gotten rid of them and it's like well you could make any movie you could make a yeah. make a Peter Pan movie and they could be the like it doesn't why what is this, what yeah, is, this to be like lo- is
1: it the lost boys or yeah. lost children Whatever. no
2: one's telling you to put a bunch of dwarfs in the movie and then make fun of them the whole time hmm. you know give make, make Snow White the side character to these interesting characters you've written who happen to have dwarfism you know don't be like we don't know how to write dwarfs so get them out of there hire a dwarf writer to write the movie and, yeah. I don't know do something like <laughs> <laughs> they're just like they're like what's the dumbest decision we can make oh yeah Jack let's do that Jack five minutes
1: to get back to his like Jack hot take <laughs> I love it well I mean look this is kind of a good segue because I think a lot of the episodes that you did with us in the early days Jack were Marvel films and that kind of was during the hype of Endgame and I haven't
2: and... watched a Marvel movie in who knows how long
1: well that's kind of I think we should segue to that where, where for you when did Marvel end in a sense what was the last film you I, saw the
2: most vivid memory I have of the first and last time I remember thinking, this isn't for me anymore, was when I went and saw Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm. and I was sitting in the theatre, and I it must have been, this must have been when I, my own my started to change, because I remember going in and hyping it up, and seeing yes. it with my, I remember seeing it with my girlfriend at the time, I sat down and we're watching it, and she leans over about half an hour in and says, this is bad. Mm. And I said, no, it's not. Give it a, give it, it's getting going, it's Sam Raimi, it's Marvel, <laughs> it can't be bad. And then about another 20 minutes went by, and I leaned over to her and said, Yeah, no, you're right. This is bad. And then I just suffered through the last hour and a half of that movie. <laughs> and then I said to myself, Why am I paying? Because that was the first time I realized I don't have to see these movies. Like before yeah, that, I was like, yeah. New Marvel movie, have to go pay to see it. This was like the first time where I was like, Oh, I don't have to see them. And I don't think I saw it. Like I saw, obviously, I see Spider Man because of Spider Man. How weird yeah. is that
0: moment when you, you don't feel shackled to it anymore? But I don't know if it, it was
2: like a moment of me growing up and realizing that. I don't have to watch a superhero movie just because it's a superhero movie or it was just like the first time where I was like it's just bad writing so I'm not going to watch this movie and the next one probably has bad writing and then every single time they always have bad yeah. writing you know?
1: and, and I think you're kind of I like the word shackle that you use because I think that that is that thing of everyone we got hyped around Endgame and the like, Endgame I still think is a very well made film and a great mm-hmm. cap off to that the very, MCU very story good, yeah. and I think we kind of gave the MCU so many chances after that to get us invested in a new story and it really did take but us to get did. to, like, Multiverse of Madness or oh. For Love and fun. Everyone stumbled, gave it that many goes. They, but they
2: stumbled a little bit, and then they made, this, obviously, Spider-Man. I mean, obviously, no nostalgia home. and stuff. Yeah. But that, that's so great, we think the great But But you watch it, and you have a good time, and it's a fun superhero movie, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, they've, uh, Endgame's done, but they've still got it. They just did Spider-Man. And then, you know, you obviously... Oh, I did watch... Oh, the nail in the coffin was when I watched Ant-Man 3. Yeah, you saw you saw it I didn't pay to see it I waited until it was on Disney Yep, and I had a flight to catch and it was a it's a two hour movie and it was a three hour flight and I was like this is perfect mm. and so, I was so confident that it was going to be at least funny or a little bit enjoyable I didn't do it I didn't download like, anything fine. else I was like it's just going to get me through the plane ride it'll be an easy watch didn't download anything else to watch and I got 20 minutes in that film and I was like oh my god I have to Watch this for, for film on the plane. This for is a film, terrible. yeah, I
1: was gonna say for a film that ugly in terms like, of oh, uh, visual yeah. effects. Well, what makes it
2: even uglier is when what? you're watching it on your phone.
1: Well, that's not going on. Was, what was is it worse on the phone or worse Mate, on? The big I didn't know. Screen? I didn't know what I was looking at.
2: <laughs> I, 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 that movie is uh, hideous, and pr- I don't understand how it was written. By yeah. a human... <laughs> how was that movie written and 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 funded? How did they give them two hundred million dollars to make that film?
1: That's every every. It's Disney. So but know, how I
2: mean, how is the same person a same studio that made. Endgame and Avengers, yep. all these great films, have gone down to that low of a level, and, it's and made still the,
1: Kevin Feige running it. Yeah. So there's no like clear. Does not make any sense? I, I think it's just, and you kind of pointed out where it's like, how did they get that much money? And it's like all the. It's not even just Marvel anymore. It's like all the Indiana Jones and everything they've oh. done. Yeah. it's just all such inflated it's, budgets and, and when
2: you when you tie yourself it worked with the original movies when they still had Thanos and stuff and they were all about the gemstones and whatever it was I don't infinity like stones continuity and it yeah. all tied into one thing because it just tied into a bad guy and everything was pointed towards this bad guy so it had momentum mm. but when you're when you base the next phase of it all on a multiverse where a character can die and it doesn't matter because the next movie there's a different version of him like the more you explore that the less invested you become because Oh, you're telling me there's a thousand Ant-Man's? Mm. Well, guess what? I'm not going to care when I mean yeah, I, would, so I wouldn't care I anyway. Care about? It, it yeah. normally
0: gets to that Rick and Morty-esque yeah, problem. Exactly. With... But
2: Rick and Morty's a cartoon, so you don't care too much anyway. Mm. But when you when I'm watching a Spider-Man movie and I love Spider-Man, I just I know that they could kill Spider-Man off there. And I'm like, oh whatever. There's a thousand other spider men I saw it in, in across like, the Spider-Verse. There's, like there's a, a thousand other spider men Yeah,
1: because Rick and Rick and Morty sort of has that irreverent thing where it's like, well, the show also a comedy. Yeah. So it's kind of like it can poke fun at it and yeah. do that. But with the MCU, it's kind of when every movie is just a commercial for the following movie, yeah. and that's how they make their money. And then when you're and you rely on that
2: continuity, all these set photos of the next movie coming out, and it's like, oh, this character's coming back, and this character's coming back, and it's like, like Wolverine's coming back. I'm like, Well, yeah. oh, I saw him die. I don't care. Well, but that, this story yeah, was over. It's,
0: yeah. it's that genuine feeling that it feels like Feige and and collective Disney as a collective feel like that we're nothing more than a bunch of old people at a slot machine. Just willing mm. to just throw <laughs> the money Tapping into the, the screen well, yeah, it for used, some reason. It
2: used to feel like we have a big plan and here's where it's going. Yep. And now it feels like just make this movie and we'll figure it out later. Like, I'll make the multiverse movie and then we'll let the fans ask the questions and then we'll mm. see what they like. We'll pick it out. But all the fans are doing is saying this sucks and like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll do it like this and they do it like that. And like This sucks as well. Oh, but Professor X is back.
0: It's like I don't care. It all sucks. It's yeah. all bad. But by saying it sucks, it doesn't do anything. If the if the finances are still rolling, through. but they're not now, are no, they? No, they're not. Well, that's and that's it. where we're really going to start to see either a change or they'll just find the next thing. Well,
1: isn't the new Blade? Isn't that meant to be like way cheaper? I don't want to think other? about that movie. I mean, that's meant to be a hundred mil, which yeah, but is that's still also going to be that's
0: also
2: going to be R rated and stuff. So they're giving them less money because it's more of a risk, right? <laughs> Well, I think that, they just that's announced. Great. but they keep casting, uh, hiring new writers every two weeks to well that, the movie. that
1: in particular is just completely screwed that yeah. whole situation I but like the it. idea of giving a film less money yeah, yeah. doing a Barbie or an Oppenheimer th- yeah, the and way letting I've, them explode it's
2: harder to get someone to go to a cinema to watch a movie nowadays yep. I know that it takes a lot for me to be bothered to go to the cinema now because sure. I know I could just wait a month and I could watch it at home Yeah. so back in the day it was like a Marvel movie is out I have to see it it's a blockbuster movie mm. now it's like well, I don't have to see anything It'll be on Disney Plus in a month, so I'll just wait. No one's that excited. So you actually, Marvel should be like, "Wow, we actually have to make a good movie for people to want to see this movie."
1: And they did. They did that themselves. Disney set that their own expectation of like, "Oh, but it will be up on streaming in like two months." Yeah, exactly. They ruined
2: themselves. It was great for the pandemic. They probably made a lot of money back then. Yeah, and now they're like, "Oh no."
1: That's why we've trained.
2: We've trained people to not come see our movies.
1: People were trained to not watch Pixar films in the cinema and yeah and, and Marvel's pretty much the same because you're right it's all so quick now Pixar's doing the same
2: thing as well when's the last time you watched a Pixar movie and you thought oh I, would, I want to show this to my kids
0: yeah. well the Eternals is pretty lukewarm reception yeah. Uh, yeah. Inside Out's getting a sequel didn't like
1: the yeah, first one yeah Inside Out's sequel I never
3: liked yeah, the first yeah. Inside yeah. Out
0: uh, but I, I ca- liked it what's
2: the, uh, Cars 3 was the last good Pixar movie
1: I think Cars 3 is That's surprisingly right. I good said Cars three, Coco's awesome yeah,
2: Coco's fan. Oh, uh, I never watched Coco.
1: But we're talking. We're going nearly ten years back in the roster, and this is sort of like. The, well, what have
2: they released? They released Soul. Soul was. i fine. I didn't. I didn't like didn't... it because I didn't know it was about a guy turning into a cat. So when I saw it, I was like, "What the hell? <laughs> mm.
0: This is not the movie I thought I was."
2: We, I, we was more were really too, mixed
1: on Soul, weren't we? We were
0: kind of fine, lukewarmish.
2: It's I think it was like, just
1: how like, it exploded. Like people, like, oh my god, this is a Pixar film in fifteen years. It, it does I'm the like,
2: Pixar thing that they do, where you're watching a kids' film, but then you're crying at the end but mm. that movie felt like they made it for that purpose you know like That's Toy Story is different you know? yeah. yeah exactly all the new Manipulate Pixar you. films they're like oh but we have to make sure the parents are crying at the end Yeah, and it's like but you're watching it I'm like I, I, a, movie, a movie about a little girl's emotions I know I'm going to be you're going to make me cry to cry at the end and he, I cried at the end of Cars 3 because it was incredible I'm trying to remember what happens at the end of Cars 3 he retires mate
0: he's right. done he's yeah. done like, that was a beautiful was, like, beautiful whole end whole, to a great it? trilogy mm. <laughs> so Jack it's been a, a few years between drinks what have you watched in the last week or
2: recently? What have I watched? In the what, last watched week? the yeah. last
1: four years. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched.
2: Oh yeah, let's not even go back. But I'll tell you what I watched last week. What just came out on Disney Plus, Indiana Jones and mm-hmm. the Dildo of Destiny. That movie is awful. Yeah. That movie failed. That movie is such a Disney film where they just made the film and didn't think about it. That movie is so bland mm-hmm. and boring and uninspired and I didn't care about anything that went on in that movie I probably missed the whole middle section of that movie because I was just so zoned out and I'm like I don't know what's going on Antonio Banderas was in it
1: Did the um it? I saw because I saw that in the cinemas and I think there was like a like a small family right in front of me and one mm. of them that was a small child had um glow up shoes oh great so they put their, kicked their feet up on the seats in front of them at least something Giant- interesting was happening
2: <laughs>
0: Have you watched it, <laughs> you know? we, we We did it on the podcast Oh, yeah, on the, I didn't, yeah. No. Oh, mate, it's was a good episode. Because I, I don't think we had a... We had a really nice long run of films that weren't bad. Or, like, films that we both were like, yeah, that wasn't good. Hmm. And that was, like, the first one in a while I felt that it was like... We are both very different. Oh, we're ready to uh, wreck this one, a new one. That, we the, can, we actually went in optimistic. Like, oh, I
1: yeah, would like... So I wouldn't
2: have watched it if I didn't have... I didn't expect to at least enjoy it, you know. Mm, yeah. I uh, damn it, Crystal Skull was bad, but I can watch that and have a good time.
1: Well, I think we talked about that on the podcast. It's like, I mean, I personally feel like Crystal Skull's rewatching it pretty misunderstood. Yeah, I think yeah, and at least it kind of. I mean, I I come aboard. I think I sent you my letterbox review when you said you watched it, and it was something about like the the quintessential things that each Indiana Jones needs to have, and it's to do, I guess, with like the. The exciting stunt work that just kind of gets you out of your yeah, chair. Yeah, exactly. The exciting adventure, the, the and, set
2: pieces, and all that, and, yeah, the, and the, just, the, the, the everything was practical back in the day, so it felt special.
1: Yeah, and, and and the other one was just the fact that it's an ode to a certain period of, of, of cinema, and, and yeah. then at, at least with Kingdom of the Crystal it, it Skull, still it's like on that fifties yeah. Alien B film. What was and this? What is, this is just Destiny? big
2: budget Disney action, and the action? I, I said this to you when I told you about it. Is you get two versions of Harrison Ford,
3: mm.
2: PlayStation 3 cutscene, young version, <laughs> and 87-year-old geriatric man, and I don't like either of those versions of Harrison Ford. Mm. He, You could tell it's an old man when he's got CGI face. Yeah. So you can, you just, it just something doesn't feel right in his voice and his performance, and also he's a cartoon character, mm. and you can tell he's a cartoon character.
0: Yeah, and that whole, the whole opening sequence with the Mads Mikkelsen getting clotheslined by a, <laughs> a, a rail sign the and then in being totally fine. Yeah, that's what I
2: mean. I was expecting him to show up all deformed or something. And then he shut up fine, and they never mentioned it, right? Or did they mention it when I wasn't paying attention? No, no. Okay, so he got hit in the head. He, we was expecting there was going to be like a Skyfall esque reveal. He pulls his face off, and he's all, yeah. I was, and he's just okay. And I was like, he looks better than he did when he, before. Like, <laughs> this guy, he aged like Snoop. It was it
1: was like, like Mo in The Simpsons when he he got his yeah. head crushed and he became beautiful. I didn't get it. I was like, oh,
2: I must have missed something, but I guess I just didn't miss
0: anything. No, they just they they just that's how they remove this character that's oh. for some reason. Able to get away with as much as he is later in, yeah. the, in the film, mm. which makes no sense. I, you
2: know the worst, the, the the one. I like how they just murdered Shia LaBeouf's character off screen. <laughs> <laughs> he died in the war. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. With that, carry didn't work out. Quick, get get rid of him. But cancelled. The first shot of Indiana Jones in like present day.
1: Oh, yeah, he he's on the just couch,
2: but naked, like old man crawling towards the kitchen, and he's wearing his boxes and I was like. I oh yeah, no,
0: I don't want to see this. <laughs> we got to get rid of Marianne for the the film.
3: Yeah. We'll bring her in in the last <laughs> Yeah, five She can
2: come in and then we'll set up a sequel or something. He grab his hat off the clothesline. But seeing Indiana Jones,
0: <laughs> I remember sitting there
2: watching it. The opening scene happened and I really felt nothing towards it. And I was like, yeah. I was already like, mm, maybe I don't care about Indiana Jones anymore. And then I see him in his armchair going Ugh, and getting up and he's all <laughs> old and then he's teaching. I was like, this would have been so much more special if the last time I saw him he was riding off into the sunset at the age of forty and I could just imagine where he would have ended up. But now I'm seeing him in his little apartment banging on the neighbor's door, going, keep that music down. I'm
0: like, (laughs) they've ruined the character for me. Because Genuinely, when you look, you think of the end at last crusade in particular, where they're literally literally riding off off the sunset sunset. and you like, he's got a great relationship with his dad. Like every, all of your like characters you've grown with. Yeah, exactly. Like like, he learned to abandon
1: the treasure. And yeah,
2: you know how scared I got in the movie when he went, he taught that class and that Phoebe, is it Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge yeah. Yeah. she was in the class and then he went to get a drink and she showed up when she sat down next to him in the bar I was like please don't kiss each other at the end of this movie I was so scared that she was being introduced as a romantic interest right did she because i don't remember i don't no, know no she's related okay. like, like oh, a okay, good, good, good. granddaughter or something yeah yeah she's something I, yeah because yeah. i was so scared when she showed oh, up no, they... i think she was the daughter of a God God friend goddaughter yeah, yeah, God God goddaughter yes. i was so scared that that was a romantic interest and i was like they're just going to ignore the fact this man is 85 years old and he's going <laughs> <piss laughs> to their,
0: their relationship's kind of flawed too they they go from like not liking to each other just to liking each other i zoned w- out for five out of
2: nowhere. yeah i zoned out for 5 minutes and they were they were fighting each other and then i sort of went and made dinner and came back and then they're hanging out on a boat together and i was like what happened <laughs> this movie is just like oh this happens but it doesn't matter because this happens like this guy gets hit in the face I mean, with a pole it's, nah, it's a shame
1: about. that you're able to like go and make a sandwich and your comprehension of the film is still the same as our yeah, comprehension nothing happened and we watched it and did a podcast on it <laughs> yeah and it, and it also comes back to it's like
0: you you're 100% right i i kind of get annoyed because shia labeouf's character kind of did the same thing tried to mess around with indiana jones mm-hmm. before they like built their relationship it's like does everyone that's Related to Indiana Jones. Why out couldn't to be a she, wouldn't wouldn't it wouldn't it be nice if she was like this bright eyed, innocent character that gets kind of mm. corrupt? Who maybe was by inspired his by him yeah. instead
2: of like neglect him? Like every character seems to neglect him because he's a
1: grumpy old man. Well, yeah,
0: we, we talked about the- like a Russell and. Um, Carl yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. relationship the, yeah, yeah. well the arc should have been that she was the one that was sort of obsessed with legacy and wanted to chase this thing and Indy who's had the already arc had it, already yeah. multiple times in previous films is uh-huh. like no no it's not worth it like you're going to get yourself killed and they just completely crisscross those arcs and then without spoiling the ending although frankly spoil the ending who, I'm, a,
2: I'm about who, to spoil it you can I have go, go ahead and
1: spoil it but it's like it makes no sense where their yeah. motivations end up at yeah. the end of the film
2: okay so the ending they go back in time right so <laughs> just, what a wild thing! I like, like every other movie is kind of grounded a little bit, and then this one's like we're in Roman times. Why not? Like, there's but a
0: mysticism to the other ones. When jo- mm. when
2: Indiana Jones is like I'm staying here, but they, he doesn't have to. He could just leave if he wants to, and she she punches him and just takes him home. I was, Why? What? I'm staying here. Why is he staying there? He's gonna get murdered. But that movie. Uh, but the point of me bringing up the ending is that movie would have been so much better if the second act started with them going back to Roman times. The movie's already bad. Nothing happens. It's so boring. Hmm. If the end of the first act happens, they have the dials, something goes wrong, and then the next hour and a half, they're just in Roman times fighting the Roman Empire.
1: That's I'm, a really good point. I'm in. Why didn't half the film take just place do it? There? Just do it like
2: that. Because yeah. at least something new and interesting is brought to the table instead of the most boring, boring Disney...
1: Ugh. And then at least he can have this arc of like, wanting to stay back in history because I guess he's so interested yeah. in it. Because they, they could he, actually flesh it out. It's not just they a random had, thing at the yeah, end.
2: Yeah, an arc where he everyone's sort of forgotten about him in yep. the current world but in the Roman world he's maybe has some purpose and, and, and sees something yep. like oh yeah. my god these people want Indiana Jones I'm staying here it's kind of
0: like the Doc Brown in part
2: 3 yeah exactly where mm, he's like
0: that's he's, a really good point he yeah. sees sort of the value in being in the past he's and, a
2: future man he could, he could be teaching them he could be inventing the wheel they haven't invented it yet and he invents it and he's like these guys I can I can
0: provide something to these people. Obviously, it's the the paradoxical nature where it's like if he goes back and innovates on everything, the the future will yeah, change. Yeah, but who cares?
2: Because please don't make any more of these movies. Yeah. So I don't care what happens in the I future. I think
0: <laughs> the, the one of the first points you made, which is the most true, is the world doesn't need any more didn't need any more Indiana Jones films from no one was the end of the third it. one. Like, and we were kind of given that warning shot with Crystal Skull, and. <laughs> What was the most interesting aspect is the generation coming through. They don't, they care, don't care about. it. They genuinely don't care about. it. No you know, one Jones. who
2: is fifteen years old and into movies wants to see an eighty-year-old man as an action star in the movie. This movie was made for dads
1: and yeah. old people who Again,
2: aren't going to see it anyway.
1: Why, why are Disney giving them three hundred plus million dollars to make this film that anyone in the company would be like? And you guys do realize these old.
2: I also as don't. Old. I don't really have issues with remaking f- films and reboots. Sure. If the reason you're doing it is because you have something new to bring to the table and you want to do it and it, to update it, Indiana Jones to me is the perfect example of oh you want to if you really want to Disney and make mm. a new Indiana Jones movie, just remake it because you don't have to because you won't be rehashing the story. You can make a completely new story. Just cast a dude who is a younger, different adventures. Yeah, here's a young guy who's now like James Bond. Like how mm. they recast him when he ages out, they recast him oh, here's the new Indiana Jones, here's a random adventure he went on in the past, he, here's him punching a Nazi. Like, that's all... That's And then you go see it because it's fun and you don't have to worry about, oh, but these kids don't know who Indiana Jones is. They will figure it out when they watch this movie that isn't basically, connected to anything basically
1: else. Basically what Uncharted could have been. Yeah. Could, except yeah, that yeah, was yeah. somehow even worse than how That's how an Indiana
2: Jones reboot would happen. They would do it and it would be a crappy... Point and click adventure paint by numbers <laughs> thing like that you know it wouldn't be yeah. good but if they really were passionate and wanted to make a new interesting one yeah. you cast a younger guy and you just do it because no one cares about 85 year old's Harrison unfortunately you know? mm. like,
0: or you do national treasure 3
2: which they I think they're doing aren't they i think but they're sure. doing it
0: they're, those films are they're fine i mean i don't want to
2: see and i don't i don't want to see nick cage in an action movie ever again though <laughs> I, I and i don't you, care enough for them You to don't want to steal
0: the declaration but <laughs> well, they,
2: they already rebooted that didn't they on Disney Plus, there's a TV show or something. Oh, is it? Oh, I think so. Oh so gosh. you might you might have missed the train on that one.
1: He just came out recently and said he's he, gay. <laughs> oh, no, plays it. one. No, the, the, um, he's only got like three or four films left in him. But then he's going to he he's going and on one TV. of them.
0: He's shooting in WA right one, now.
1: One of them's in WA. Oh, I think they're wrapped. Oh, yeah, yeah, they wrapped so it by He now. just
0: left. I'm pretty sure.
3: Oh, yeah, and then he
2: said he's doing TV and he's only doing TV. He, that if the script is interesting, he's doing it. Yeah, he's killing it though in movies that, like. His yeah. career in the, last, 10 the is last
1: few years. Even just the last few years, like um, Unbearable weight to Massive Talent. Exactly. And, um,
2: that new Kratzer. one he's got coming out.
1: How, yeah, the A24 one. Yeah. I'm forgetting what it's called. Dream Scenario. Dream yep. scenario and then he had with, like, Mandy as well. Mandy, yeah, that's right.
2: So he's doing like He's saying, oh, I've done, done enough. I've, I've, he says he's said enough and he's done enough in cinema, but he's only just sort of figured out like, people have only just figured out how to use him. Like, he, before he was getting put in regular films and he was an insane, so it didn't work. Mm, but now directors Pig. are like, oh, here's how we use Nicolas mm. Cage.
1: There's also Pig as well. Pig was. Pig was all right. Yeah, it was all right. I think I saw it on DVD the other day. And I was like, I might possibly buy that one day. possible mm-hmm. Possibly. What else have you caught, Jack?
2: <laughs> I watched every Batman movie ever made. Like, <laughs> legit. You've gone through them all. Every live action Batman movie I have watched in the past seven days. Did Stephen
0: wow. talk about this a few
1: weeks ago? i mean steven talked about batman returns and just how Banger. weird that film is that movie
2: is incredible re-watching that i was like this that might be my favorite of the original batman movies wow it's so dark and fucked up that movie is so <laughs> twisted and so tim burton where you're watching it and you're like this is art dude. it is very tim this is burton, not a batman though. movie this is some weird gothic fever dream
1: do you agree though that batman is a completely useless character in that film he doesn't do anything
2: no, well, now that you say it, I'm trying to think of what he's done. and He, and he, he, he literally watches the final fight yeah, right. the Yeah, you're right. He enemies. is useless. Yeah, but he's there, so who
3: cares?
2: What's your favourite Batman film then? Okay, so it actually changed after the rewatch. Ooh. I, my original, would, an obvious answer would have been my favourite Batman movie is The Dark Knight because mm. it's an incredible, flawless movie. And I still think The Dark Knight is the best film out of the Batman movies, but Batman Begins is as a batman movie i i, I cuz i remember i haven't watched batman begins in so long and i remember thinking back to it and i didn't like like how it was clearly a real city and then there was a cgi slum in the middle and that was the narrows and the architecture was all different and to me it just felt too cartoony and too comic booky for a realistic batman but i think now that i've gotten over that fact and the narrows and how out of place it felt to me and how it just felt like you could tell it was shot on a sound stage and it's it's like overly designed there's too much going on and now that I got over that and I just literally watched it for the story and the performances, it's incredible. There was probably five times in that movie where I stood up off my couch and was like, yes! Because of the like, <laughs> the scene where um Ra's al Ghul is getting on the train yeah, and uh, Batman's like, you don't think I could take on two of your guys? And then two more guys drop down and uh, Liam Neeson is like, fair enough. Two more people show up. I was like, <laughs> yes! That was so sick how we did that. Like Half the line of that movie I was like, oh. So good! It's
0: such dad like. Yeah. That's the kind of dialogue you put in there where your dad would be like, "Yeah." There's so <laughs> many good bits, and I've always been a like that advocate for Batman Begins because everyone thinks that's kind of like the 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 infant child that needs to grow into Dark Knight. Well, that's but- how, what, there was a
2: few moments in the film where I felt that though, where you're watching it and you can tell it's Christopher Nolan's first action movie. Like some of the the way he shot right, the action, okay. like when he's in that uh, the shipping the shipment container area. The fight scene, I don't know what's going on because the camera's chopping, chopping, and you can't tell anything. I think that's the Mm. point, though. I I know, it's meant to sort of... The the
0: disorientation aspect. But even... There
2: were certain times where, like, even, like, there's the first time you see the the like, tumbler yeah, yeah. and it, like there's certain shots where it drives through certain parts and then the camera cuts and it's over here and it felt like I was like I kind of have a tr- I have an issue with the geography but that happened in the dark night when he's riding his motorbike I noticed as well I like the Killian Murphy oh, okay.
0: gets so much that's like the most screen time he gets as Scarecrow but like even the
1: Scarecrow aspect he, I just appreciate he's in all of them at all like it's yeah, yeah. those little cameo because he, yeah, he was that good yeah.
2: but at the end of that movie is there anything that it, when he shows up in the full Scarecrow costume just to get tased by rachel and then he just disappears i was like that was a studio note for sure oh he has to become scarecrow on the horse and chris nolan was like i guess and it's like (laughs) a one minute gag where he shows up and he gets tased but that movie is the writing and everything the whole opening of that movie where he's training and that that when he's sword fighting with razzle Mm -hmm. and he's like telling him his father was a coward and he's like my father He's like, you're stronger than man than your father and all this stuff. And I was, I was just, I was literally punching the air, dude. I was like, this is, an, this is <laughs> like an, <laughs> our Qui Gon should have been. This is exactly. I was like, this is an action movie. I don't care that it's I, Batman.
1: I, I just want to watch Jack watch Batman films now.
2: Honestly, I'll set up the little camera in my house, okay, and you good. can watch me when I'm home alone watching movies. Okay. And if a movie's good, I'm, I'm kicking the air. I'm, I'm standing on the couch, up, upright, I'm gonna... standing, clapping to no one. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna turn this into a Twitch stream and profit off
2: you watching movies. <laughs> I did it a few times at the Dark Knight as well. Are you
0: a Katie Holmes fan over she,
2: Maggie no, Gyllenhaal? No, Maggie's a hundred percent. Katie Holmes did brought nothing to that performance. <laughs> she was like, it was like they couldn't they couldn't cast her, so they just said, okay, you come do it. We'll figure it out for the next one.
1: It's it's interesting that you point out. That for you was really the story that was sort of like wow, like Batman Begins to underappreciate. because yeah. like, the vast majority of people who do make that argument I've noticed like, oh it's better than the Dark Knight is because of the very intentional set design. Yeah, so yeah. So it's interesting that actually that was like a bit of a downbeat. Well, for Well, I,
2: I, the story for the Dark Knight I think is better. Of it's obviously better. It's better. It's more. It's more layered. It's more. Mm. There's more going on. But the Batman Begins, it's just so tight and so, like, focused. And yeah. There's a few things where it was a bit convenient. He shows up to Applied Sciences and just walks up to Morgan Freeman and says, hey, I just want to see what you're working on. And he's like, I'm working on this utility belt and this black suit of armor. <laughs> and that's all he's working on. I was like, oh, well, that's convenient. <laughs> oh, and also I have this Batmobile. you. I've always loved
0: well. that. That Like, I do agree that it's convenient, but it's I love that there's the military aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, it works. It works. Where it's... I've never you in previous depictions of Batman you, it's always just like Bruce Wayne just has, has all of this it, yeah. stuff or makes this stuff himself yeah. where it's nice that he goes and sees Morgan Freeman's character mm. and is like this was commissioned not this was meant for the army but didn't make it through and yeah. it's, and it's kind of cool especially Which I love it's like Nolan, sort of a
1: political f- uh, thriller as well and yeah. yeah. so the military aspect makes it And sense I love that the too.
0: and then the Nolan callback in Dark Knight Rises when like they break into the lab and they take the tumblers. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's a very good trilogy. It all yeah. works. There's we- just a few convenient things that I thought mm. when I was watching it. I was like, oh, like even there's even some moments where it's like such like doesn't feel like Nolan would have written that moment where like at the end of the film when the train is heading towards Wayne Tower. Yeah. And there's just a guy whose control room happens to have a window that looks directly at the train, and the train is about 50 meters away from hitting him, and he's still standing at his desk going five, four. <laughs> got hit, and it, it cuts back to that guy about five times and he goes, if that train hits this building, the whole city is doomed. And he says that about 20 times and doesn't leave his desk. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I've heard you the first do, time. Do something
1: about it. Yeah. Lee,
2: I know the story. I know I, what's happening.
1: I have to ask because I, I, I don't even know if we know. What Did we ever talk about the Batman? Robert Patterson? Did you guys? I don't think we. Did well, me we did, and you? We, me and Zeke did a podcast on it. But I mean like, me what do you, and you think right? what's your think take on the movie about the
3: Batman? Batman? Mm,
2: it's an interesting one. I have this isn't go, this is going to sound bad, but I have the same opinion of the I love it. I think it's very good. Mm. I have the same opinion of that movie as I have of Man of Steel. Okay. Where I don't think the story or anything is that crazy or well written or like you know, mm. but every like I watch Man of Steel and I feel like I could put it on in the background And I know it's badly... I know it's bad. It's much worse than the Batman. I know it's bad, but I watch it, and the music, mixed with the cinematography, mixed with the action, does something to my brain, and I like it, and I can just relax and watch it. Same with the Batman. I don't really care what the story's about, but Mm. the music with the visuals and Batman and just the vibe the movie creates, I think it creates a very... It's very cool world it creates, and I'm invested because of that. But could I tell you really what happens a lot in that movie? A couple political things and this and this unweaving plot like everything's unraveling mm. i don't think it's that theory but it's just cool it's a sure. cool movie it's like it felt like a movie that was made by a really cool guy who had something really cool I mean, to say very about batman I
1: mean, I, it was very telling to me when obviously there's multiple trailers of the batman that come out and it's something in the way in Nevada, yeah. and he, he does it multiple trailers like okay i get it you like this song then the movie comes out and he plays it 20 times but throughout the felt, movie and there's so many shots and of it,
2: just him Standing in the rain while his black makeup mm. runs down his face, like
1: it's very emo. <laughs> and him, 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 just sitting and like he's like in his, like at
2: least Bruce Wayne in the the Nolan films felt like a, a person. Like you could, it would, it wouldn't be weird if they cut to him watching TV in his penthouse apartment, hanging mm. out and chatting to someone. But every time it cuts to Robert Pattinson in the Batman he's sitting in the most gothic there's like gargoyles in his kitchen and he's sitting on a really uncomfortable wooden chair mm. just staring into nothingness and he's crying yeah
0: it's, it's got that uh, <laughs>
2: and it's like this guy is so depressing he's not even like his character like, we don't character. really get
0: to see the Bruce Wayne suave billionaire which we film, might doesn't really and he might develop
2: later in like in another film or something sure. but it's a lot of just shots of him looking very serious and very yeah. sad it's and, angsty but it's cool it's like punk rock, you know. It's just him. I'm being sure like Matt, cool.
0: Reeve, Ra- Matt Reeves would appreciate you calling him cool. So I think he's a very. I like everything he does. So
2: I, just, it's, There's I watched a new it. New
1: Planet of the Apes coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Planet
2: of the Apes. It's one of my favorite franchises. But Ape, I could have. I could have died happy without any more of them. No,
0: because sure. this is the one that's going to like link it to the first one.
2: Yeah, I know. But then, what point do we just get? So we get this one, and in the trailer, all the apes are just talking like people now. Even yeah, the world's all this is, up. I
0: think the what this is the last one in terms of no like, you reckon... the perfect brief. If this movie makes feels like the
1: start of a new trilogy, yeah, though, I reckon this
2: one is going to be a movie and it's going to make a bit of money, and then they're just going to remake the original Planet of the Apes. I would love to watch a Planet of the Apes movie now. Say this one comes out, and then five years we get one where you have but it's the Charlton Heston that first film. and it's it's flawless. Mm. But you get the Charlton Heston style astronauts come back. It'd be cool to see that retold in a different way. Who, Even who and plays now Charlton Heston? Matthew McConaughey.
0: Come on, that is actually
2: not that a bad
1: cast. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll be yeah, He's already got the space suit for. It'll Mr. be, Stella. it'll be Jared Leto. <laughs> have, let's you, be honest, but he'll play one of the apes. <laughs> and,
0: and you can make like Woody Harrison, like his mate that gets. He was already in Planet of the Apes. That's true. He's the villain. was He he was in the bad war, guy in the yeah. last. Oh, one. he was. He, he loses his voice. Yeah, it's true. Matthew
2: McConaughey would be a perfect Charlton Heston. And then they've already got Nova in the movie. She was in the last one, so mm. yeah, do it. I've just yeah, do it. You no. reckon
1: they'll cast the same Nova in this film?
2: Do you reckon she's going to be in this film? I think they just did that as a little, little nod. Sure. Is that the no, kid? Not, yep. Yeah, the kid that grows into. I was about. I was about to say something. What? She's very attractive in the first, the first part of the Apes, the female character Nova. Oh, the one that dies, like, and she, she's mute. In but, the 1968
1: film. Yes. yes. Oh, she, it's
2: her. That's that's her. who that, that grows it. But the character in the original one was just a woman in a bikini, and she was the love of my life when I watched that movie as a kid. <laughs> that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen Isn't in my life. Isn't
0: she the one that's like on the poster in Shawshank Redemption? She's like the last woman. It's on the poster. Oh, Isn't is the poster
2: it? for Shawshank just him? No, no, like you know when no, no. Andy has the, po- Andy the posters of the women. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it is her. Yeah, Isn't
3: it? Yeah, she's no, the right. last you're one. Right. And that's on. why I
2: related to that Andy character so much. Because same. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you murdered your wife? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Oh, well, I mean, goodness. have we
0: got anything else? Yeah. Uh, Want to add? Was there anything oh, I did
2: else watch notable. I watched one more movie. It okay. was Terrible. Oh. It was on Amazon Prime, and it's called the To Do List. Starring, oh, no. starring everyone. It's got <laughs> everyone. What, ever was
1: magical. it who is it?
2: Aubrey.
1: Aubrey Plaza. Plaza. Aubrey
2: Plaza is the main character, and then Bill Hader. Oh yeah. And Donald Glover before like a Community era Donald Glover. Uh, Andy Sandberg. pretty much all the usual suspects. So just in that SNL, period of time. basically. Yeah, yeah. The and time. the movie is just about a chick who's like, it's like one of those trashy high school American Pie style movies. I just wanted something easy to watch. And it's just a chick who's never done anything in high school decides, before I go to college, I have to do a bunch of shit on my to-do list. And it's just all the most raunchy... Drugs. Or... No, it's all sex related. It's all oh, okay. different sex moves, different things to happen. So she just starts using all the guys at this pool she works at to make it through her list so she can go to college and have experience. What and an, then obviously what a, what she what has a change of heart and she falls in love. And It's honestly <laughs> awful. I was cringing 80% of the time. But That's a
0: tough it, film to like what were you doing? sell. It yeah. was. I was
2: watching the film through. No, it's easy to sell because it's oh a sex movie with Audrey Plaza. Yeah. But I was watching the film through my fingertips because I was so embarrassed that I was watching it, even though I was home alone. <laughs> but every every <laughs> every time Bill Hader's on screen, is like I almost want to recommend the movie and just skip to the Bill Hader scenes because Bill Hader is so funny in that movie. He's a every, guy. Everything he says in that movie, I was like, I almost was like, is this movie good? Had, there's how does like that rule for comedies? If you laugh five times, it's a good comedy.
3: I think, that? that's, oh. I think that's the rule That's a that's low a, bar It's a pretty it's low, bar. A low bar It's low bar Maybe
2: it's more than five But I hit five laughs And every single laugh Was just yeah. At Bill Hader Because he's just The only Have funny person Barry? In that film
1: Yeah I watched it I never yeah. finished
2: it But I watched it He's good in that as well It's a strong finish Yeah Yeah that was good. But there's nothing else to talk about with that movie. It was just trash that I decided I wanted. to watch. But it easy I understand
0: doing. that, like wanting to watch those kind of like uh, are oh, we officially dating
2: yeah, that yeah, low yeah. You can only rewatch Braille. American Pie one, two and three so many times before you need American.
0: <laughs> I myself. think the the, whole, the importance of American Pie and I think we've talked about it on the show, but the the reason why it works is because the boys sound stupid when they're talking and you have that it has its self awareness to it. Right? Even in the first film, it has that awareness like the moment when Kevin stands up and says oh by the end of this school yeah, year yeah, yeah. It's like we're all losing our
2: virginity it's like it's done in earnest
0: but also um, all those
2: movies how they always say oh you can't make those movies anymore like these raunchy teen comedy movies anymore I think for me they still kind of work like when I w- go back and watch them because you're not you're not agreeing with the characters like you can like the boys in those movies are horrible to women and they say horrible things but it's they're character and they're meant to be ignorant young men but they get punished for it yeah exactly so i, mean, I feel f- like you could mm. like someone says you can't make that movie now like so i feel like you can people might not like it but you could just you watch it and you go the filmmaker's not saying this is his opinion on how they view the world he's saying here's how a bunch of nerdy like 15 16 year olds yeah they need to grow up who are going yeah. through puberty here's the shit they go through before they realize that they need to grow up and stuff you know yeah. i mean
0: the first film some of them aren't even successful in that goal, and they learn their lesson. Then they And then it's not in about the second that. film, even if they don't really learn it, they spend the whole summer doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like they completely kill it. I mean, obviously, when you get into, I, I'm not a fan of wedding, but wedding is terrible. You know, I. Wedding is awful. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Stifler's the main character of Wedding. It's not good. He's not...
2: He, he's a comic did relief.
1: I... Which one's... Have I seen Wedding? Is that the third one or the fourth one? Third one. one? It's, uh, it's good.
2: good. I think I did see... Reunion is good. It's, it's the landing. Un, but it undoes the third film. Because Stifler in that film learns to settle down and be an adult. And then the, the next film starts and he's smacking random women's asses and being yeah, an but that's again. like
0: That's kind of the... I think them... It's that... JJ, I know it's the J.J. Abrams sort of, like, undo the Ryan Johnson, but, yeah. but it doesn't feel like an American Pie film like the other but three you could do. Have, you could have started
2: the film with Stifler settled down being that person, and then he just snaps and goes, I've been faking it this whole time. I'm still a horrible person. Let's I think if they
0: had just addressed that that girl that he settled down for broke his heart and, yeah, he and, he and reverted friend, back to yeah, himself. Yeah. Yeah. You have, like, a two-liner where you go, like, oh, and he got dumped by, I think it's... um." Alison Hannington's character's sister, isn't it? Yeah,
2: because they meet at the wedding. Yeah. yeah or like, a, yeah, not maybe not a sister, but... A cousin or something. Yeah. That movie's um, bad, You Jake. can
1: absolutely do that there's arc, a, though. There's a
2: scene where Jim shaves his pubes out the window. Was oh, it Jim? Yeah. Out the window, and it goes on the wedding cake.
3: It's
0: just so dumb.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw I just Wedding skip it. with
1: f- you guys and Zig's house. I, I just, skip I don't think it. we I ever made it. talking. I don't think, over think we ever
2: made it to wedding because even wedding is shot different. It doesn't feel like American Pie. This is digital. The other yeah, one looks it looks, it looks uh, like it's an SNL really, digital short. It's shot, it's shot. And you're watching it. This doesn't feel like American Pie. Yeah, I just the skip. The dog eats the wedding ring, and now you've got to go through his poop to find but, it. That's a great you comedy. You know, you
0: bring up a point, and we've, we've actually had that conversation with a couple of guests on the show, and we've talked about it on the show. The whole fact that the adult comedy of that early. Uh, late 90s the, I've always said that I've said on the show the golden age was 99 to 2009 oh yeah and it finishes with Hangover that's the last like adulty comedy that no, works I would say it finishes this is with, the
2: end is sort of no but I think there's a difference between a, a, coming, a,
0: a coming of age comedy and an adult
2: comedy I think the death of a coming of age comedy was super bad that was no, the was last time where they did it and then they haven't made it. I mean, they've made. My book smart was good, and there's been a couple of good ones. But there's nah. no like, there's no genre. That, even
1: that wasn't as nearly as raunchy. Yeah, bad.
2: it used to be a genre. It used to be every mm. every film that comes out that's a comedy is a coming of age teen comedy, and then one day they just forgot how to do it.
0: But there's a whole yeah. new generation of kids who have
2: come of age. Who can make a film
3: mm. about
0: what it was like for them? But there, it, but they it don't shifted. Do it. The coming of age turned into angst with the perks of being a wallflower Yeah, and the like ladybird and all that. And then the uh, the ladybirds and the Edge of seventeen. What do you
1: mean by angst, though? Well, angst, drama,
0: It became more shift on the identity of, of the character and what that character represented with their identity rather than like having a, a binary... Oh, sorry, like a, a molecular goal. Hmm. Like... I mean, the goal in a raunchy coming-of-age comedy is most of the time just get laid. Yeah. yeah. Um. Or if it's a dude, like, do wears my car. It's like oh, a stoner comedy. Horrible. That was so <laughs> uh, But it, it's it's very like, f- like singular focused. Whereas, I don't know yeah, like a that. Yeah, like a ladybird, shift. for
1: example. There's well, it's a little more sort of relationships with parents, yeah, There's yeah, relationships even with mentors, even book smart, self- which
2: is more. Sort of in the America Pie like lane of kind of like comedy party scene breaking like uh, uh, Super Bad style film. Super Bad is just two boys just doing boy shit, right? And that's yeah, the end. Yeah. Ad, but, but it Books does might have had the, to it interweave does sort of- a sort of there has to be like a deeper emotional sort of thing happening
1: Super Bear does end on that note of like the boys loving each other like that that's a whole but scene it still is it feels I mean, like one of
0: it. your main characters has been drawing penises since he was like six so, so that no but was,
1: I'm saying like they, they sort of wedge it in at the end you're right yeah. but like then you get like you said you know edge 17s and that where it's like it's a little more like the 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 heart is kind of in there from the you get you have to go. feel
2: bad the thing is You have to feel bad for the main character now. When they when you make a coming of age film, you have to feel bad for this character and what they're going through. Mm. Super bad. They don't give a fuck if you feel bad for Jonah or Seth or whatever. It's just like it will make you. You don't. don't, (laughs) (laughs) It's the best night of (laughs) his life. We love. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to feel bad for any of them. You don't have to sympathize with any of them. They could do horrible things, and it's still a good movie. You don't have to be like, oh, this poor person. They're trying their best. They're going through it. Blah blah blah. That movie's like Jonah Hill's character is a horrible person. McLovin is a horrible person. Michael Sarah is a good It's almost like people of, you know, got
0: scared of critiquing teenagers. Yeah. Because they were right. worried of some sort They're not of-
2: good people. <laughs> like, it's that, it's that, so they don't have to be good people. But now, oh, I want to make, if you want to make too bad, you have to explain, oh, all oh, this going on, blah, blah, blah. You have to, you have to like explain why he is the way make, he is. Make or guys are very empathetic. Yeah. Thing. He's like, well, he could just be the way he is. And I, I watch it and I go, wow, that, everything he did in that movie was terrible but somehow I'm still rooting for him. It's like he's like Walter White.
0: Yeah, we, like, we don't really see why Stifler... Like, there's not, like, an origin of why Stifler is the way he is, apart from mm. he has an attractive mum. Yeah, they didn't go... That's, that's the dimension of Stifler's They never character. They never went into the fact that <laughs> his, his dad isn't there. They're just like,
2: eh, it's just Stifler, he's Stifler. You feel bad for him, he's mm. funny. Or oh, maybe you don't feel bad for him, maybe it's, you hate him. It's not
0: enough. a moment you walk into the room and he's listening to Cats in the Cradle. like yeah. or like a, and there's, like,
2: a, a flashback scene of him witnessing the murder of his father or something, or... Like. <laughs> <laughs> or, like a dramatic scene where him and his mum are screaming at each other, like, You were never there for me. It's like, No, you don't have to do that. We don't care. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: just, it's funny you mentioned Walter White because there is one film I wanted to talk about um, that is one of the 10 films left on my poster. So, I'll quickly explain to you, Jack. Not that poster, no. That's a lot of words on that's the poster. There's 1,100 films. No. <laughs> There's a poster in my bedroom with 100 films that I've had forever. Oh, yeah. And I've had like 10 films left on it since like before COVID. And I finally figured the last 10 episodes of this podcast, I'll try and yeah, tick at least time. one off each week. Yeah. So this one, and I can't believe I've never seen this film before, and I think this film has a lot to thank Breaking Bad for, uh, is Scarface.
2: You've never seen Scarface?
1: No? First time i watched Scarface. You
2: not, do you not have any testosterone in your body? <laughs> Were you never just like 18 <laughs> years old and you thought, I want to watch a movie for the men? And watch Scarface? My little I guess I, f- I. dude movie. This
1: is the thing, because I guess I felt like I'd already... Um, almost seen it it's there, oh yeah. it's a drug film some gangsters there is certain and i've movies. seen the ending a million times because there's referenced in every yeah. film you
2: could probably get away with not ever watching the godfather and still tricking people into thinking you did just because it's sure. so like the cultural impact and it's so talked about you may as well not even watch it yeah, and scarface exactly. was kind of like that i only it's watched something. it because i was like
0: it's you like, want to see what the fuss is about because
2: all the dudes have the posters in their rooms and shit i'm like it must be like the most boy movie ever right? i thought it was so fine
0: I thought the ending was really cool. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be, but
2: I had it put on this pedestal. But I, rewatching it, it is very, I, yeah. Very cool. I
1: thought it was absolutely immaculate. Yeah. And and the thing as well is that it's funny. You talk about people having posters in their room and, and idolizing Turner Montana, and, and
2: and he's a horrible person.
1: He's a horrible person, and I feel like the film is almost kind of, he's he's a loser. I feel mean, yeah. that the film is very purposely making him out to be a loser. The because you think of you know say hello to my little friend the fancy you know the expensive outfits and the grenade launcher and all that and i'm watching the film i'm like there's all these scenes of him you know especially in the beginning you know the the it's the quintessential rise to power mm. and, and then the hunger for that and the lust for that power and there's so many scenes of him behind a counter sweating mm. working medial jobs getting rejected by girls like literally the entire film he gets rejected, he's just by, getting rejected women, by women yeah. all the time i'm like he's going through a midlife crisis and i actually feel like
2: That's i why was dads like dads love
1: that am movie. i like Surely people know about this. Like I'm, this is the first time I'm watching. I'm like, he's a loser, right? It's like, a good it's thing clearly... you mentioned that
0: because I rewatched Fight Club the other day.
1: Ooh, okay. Oh yeah. Ooh.
0: I've been watching, especially movies. especially in a post The Killer world and another
1: Fincher film. And yeah. I know lots of Fincher. Well, I, I, well last few that's weeks. why. That's
0: why I watched it because
2: it definitely was in preparation for this episode. It wasn't because I don't have Netflix anymore and I just felt like watching a <laughs> David Fincher movie. But so, the first time I ever watched Fight Club was in high school, and I didn't really get it. Yeah, I was like, this movie's just dudes punching each other. I have no idea what's happening. Then we watched it in film school and I was forced to get it, but I didn't like it because everyone said how great it was. And it was like, oh, it's such a base opinion to like Fight Club. It's such a dude movie to watch, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll watch it again just as a movie. And it's incredible, obviously. But it's such, I don't think, I think so many people have got, obviously the movie is making fun of toxic masculinity and yeah. dudes and stuff. I think so many people watch that movie. That movie must have tricked so many dudes into watching that, going, yep. "Yeah, punching, fighting, yeah." <laughs> and then you watch it, and you're like, "This movie's making fun of everyone who loves this movie. Pretty and much, it's incredible."
1: Yeah,
2: and I, I don't know. I just watched it, and it just clicked in my brain because I always thought it was just like, like I, I think I focused too much on the twist and being like, "Oh, it's all just about the twist." And if you know the twist, you're just watching it, going, "Oh, that's obvious. That's obvious. That's obvious." Mm. But if you just ignore the twist and just watch it as a film and what it's trying to say, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I- it's just skipping therapy and fighting people. <laughs> I want to do that. That sounds like such and then I'm like, yeah, that's toxic. That makes totally I get oh, just clicked in my brain. I was like that's, I mean this kind of gay. is
1: like the killer where it and like I don't think it's a very clear reading, but I think a lot of people read the killer to be the same thing of oh, it's kind of making fun of this archetype. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this killer character. Yeah,
0: but I, I do agree with you. Like, they're like the the people that misinterpreted are the people that are watching the surface level film. But it's not even that subtle in it. Like you said, that that meta commentary where it's, it's actually so making fun of the they, the toxic masculinity. They tell you aspect. in the movie. They it's in yeah. the dialogue. They literally say to your face what they're doing. Yeah, and it's like if
2: if anyone ever hasn't seen Fight Club and you ask and someone says, "Oh, what's it about?" And it's like, "Oh, it's this guy." This happens to him, so he like starts a fight club, and that, they've not told you what the movie is about because that's not what the movie is about at all. Mm, yeah. That's like if that's on the blurb of the DVD, it's lying to you because that's not at all even close to what the movie. It's the
0: romanticising of basically these sort of bottom dwelling ideologies, which is very similar to what Boyle does with Train Spotting, with the romanticising of heroin and yeah. and drug consumption, where you know you've got characters diving into toilets. Mm. And we think it's this ethereal moment when in reality, the grim reality is he's sticking disgusting. his hand in this disgusting yeah. toilet. Yeah. I, it's the same sort of premise where he has a relationship with this woman that's clearly a, a drug user and and it's this sort of like romanticized mm. aspect of every aspect of its lifestyle.
2: I, and I do like that you can, like you, say you watch Barbie and you can feel the filmmaker in it and like, you can tell it was made by a woman. mm Fight Club is polar opposite where you watch it and you're like every inch of this movie was made by a man yeah it was directed written you could tell even like just the way (laughs) Tyler Durden's (laughs) house is the mattress on the floor there's no the only furniture in his house is just practical like there's no decoration it's just like this is like dudes sleeping on the floor punching each other like it's such like a just a industrial feeling movie where I'm like this just feels like every inch of this movie was just man shit
1: did you watch Barbie? yeah of course I watched Barbie excellent
0: incredible were you Knuff?
1: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, that movie's amazing. That so you are Knuff, excellent.
2: I was Knuff. It was more than Knuff. It was very good.
1: I mean, I'm Ryan Gosling, of course you were. Anyone like, who watched, should, why did they even ask? Anyone
2: who watched that movie was like, it's just feminist propaganda. I was like, you didn't watch the movie. You did you
0: know. do the Barbenheimer?
2: No, I watched Oppenheimer way later.
0: oh uh, okay. Like a month. We, we I only both... watched it a month ago.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Because it's, it's three hours long.
2: Mm. I think it's really good, but it's so long. Like mm. I was like, and a lot of it's just talking, and I love talking. If if Aaron Sorkin wrote Openheim, it'd be incredible.
1: There's a the part when the bomb, there's a bomb that goes off, and they go back to Does talking. I yeah. uh,
2: must have been cooking when that happened.
1: <laughs> Someone was cooking. Something it's very very
2: good, but it felt at times where I was like, oh my god, something, Chris, come on, Chris, calm down. So I, we am can, can just I am a, keen. to rewatch it. Chop, it again. chop a bit of this movie down the, a little bit.
1: The um the physical release is selling out everywhere. Yeah, because he told There's him There's a to. whole thing of Universal, like... You have
2: to restock it. Sh- stuff, yeah, yeah, which oh. I, I love. Because Chris Nolan said, That's, don't God. buy on streaming, buy yeah. on physical. Yeah. I bought it on streaming.
1: Did Deep you? Monster. I did. How dare you. I still You're going to lose bit. it. The government's going to take it away from you. He's well, going to get a little bit of the Just money. like they took away the rights of uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Jake, do you have anything else to add? I'll just quickly say before we move on about Scarface, because, like I said, Breaking Bad owes so much to her, but I, I want to give a shout-out to, to Brian De Palma, because... There is this weird. Where did he go? What do you mean? Where did he go? Is... I feel like he made something not too long ago, didn't he? Actually, that is a good. Let's find out. But it's um. Oh, who am I thinking of with um? Michael Mann's doing Ferrari, isn't he? Michael
2: Mann's a consistent filmmaker.
1: He's and Heat two. They're doing Heat two. No, they're not. Yeah. I I think they're casting the right actors
2: Did so, we just out. talk about old people in movies? Get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're playing old people. I don't want to see them still doing what they were doing yeah. forty-five years ago.
1: No, but I think it's funny because I think one of the big films that Brian De Palma did before Scarface was was Carrie, of course, a horror film, and I haven't yeah. seen it in its entirety, but I could feel the influence oh. there in certain scenes. And he did the
2: on the Untouchables, yeah. my Dad's favorite movie.
1: Oh, that's, there you go. But there's a scene specifically. It's right before an assassination attempt on on Tony, where it it just kind of stretches out, and it is like a two-hour, fifty-minute film. It's quite long, but there's a scene in the club. It feels so eerie just, like, the reflective mirrors and, like, these really long gazes between characters as as the two men draw their guns, you know, it just... I was like, it's interesting how much of this... I mean, The Godfather and Goodfellas have very consistent tones Mm. and I was really surprised by how Scarface could constantly go from funny... There's the one scene where um, the characters are getting tortured and the camera just sort of uses the crane, goes out the window, looks at sunny Florida, looks down at the characters in the car, they're flirting with girls, goes back to the torture scene, like, there's humour in it. But then there's also these really freaky, eerie, creepy scenes, and I just I appreciated the tonal shift throughout Scarface. Oh, old, uh, but
2: older older movies do that a lot. Like even mm. even like Christopher Nolan still does that. Like it, uh, some filmmakers are making an action movie; it has to be an action movie. I'm making this kind of movie; it has to be this kind of movie. But like the old school guys know when to that a, a serious Blend guy isn't a serious guy torrents. all the time. There's certain things can you yeah. know, It doesn't have to be like serious all the time. Brian De Palma. I just looked him up. I think he's semi-retired. Okay. but he has three upcoming directing movies oh. but since the last
1: semi-retired and doing three films
2: well, they've probably been on his IMDb for 10 years he's okay. just not making because they're still just in the air yep. he, so his last big film was Mission Impossible in 1999 was it really? and then he's done other films I don't know, that's why I'm getting to it he's done other films since then but it like it's like 2002 it was some what's the what's the genre where it's like oh wife hits her head and doesn't remember anything and she thinks this is her husband but really he's not her husband. Like, you know, there's like exploitation films, like the random... <laughs> Memory exploitation films? <laughs> it's, like, it's like that kind of like, like the, like the movie's called like, oh, sex murder. And yeah. it's like... Femme <laughs> <he>, town <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he made the movie Femme Tau and like all these, and like gotcha. a movie called Passion where it's like, oh, it's like a two hot people who are in love, but also murder each other. Like he makes those kind of like movies now. I see you know? what you
1: mean. Cause yeah, like between the Untouchables and Blowout, like these are all eighties films. Oh, Blowout, out
2: forgot about that one.
1: Blowout's great. Good film. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. I do now. It's it just it just feels like he's done more recently, but yeah, maybe i have got to mix that with
2: Mick, uh, Michael Mann, mm. kind of blend together a little bit for me. Are you
0: excited for Ferrari?
2: No.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is that a sequel to what is, is it? No, it's just about Ferrari. Just about just, just, we just had a film about Ferrari. like two years ago. Oh, yeah. Ford v Ferrari.
0: Yeah, it's a whole Ferrari cinematic universe happening right I now. Be-
3: <laughs> well,
0: let's not get high on our own supply there, Jake. Sure, but. Speaking of Sorkin, which you did bring up, Thank and you. speaking of Fincher,
1: which we've also brought up. That's good storytelling. Jake, what are we watching? This week on the show, guys, we're watching the social network.
0: I'm not going to do the farm animals, but I like the idea of comparing two people together. It gives the whole thing a very Turing feel, since people's ratings of the pictures will be more implicit than, say, choosing a number to represent each person's hotness like they do on hotornot.com. The first thing we're going to need is a lot of pictures. Unfortunately, Harvard doesn't keep a public centralized Facebook, so I'm going to have to get all the images from the individual houses that people are in. Let the hacking begin. everything open and allow indexes in their apache configuration so a little wget magic is all that's necessary to download the entire kirkland facebook git stuff zuckerberg creates a social networking site facebook with his friend eduardo's help though it turns out to be a successful venture he severs ties with several people along the way Ooh. dramatic very dramatic
2: this film is perfect in every way
0: this film brought sexy back
2: wow Hello, nice. who they, thought he would have a huge career after this and he didn't really do anything
1: i know there's a line of wow, he's, he's in trolls
2: Oh, it's oh, huge. and there you go.
1: This <laughs> career cemented. There's a line in the film, and I wrote it down. Have you ever heard so many different good things packed into one regular sized sentence? I think that just describes every line in this film. That, I thought you ju- I thought you
2: had even gotten to the quote yet. I thought you were just <laughs> talking about like, <laughs> that the is film. The quote. Yeah, that's incredible. That's what Eduardo this says. This movie is one of those movies that I describe the Mister that TV show Mister Robot in the same way, where it's not an action film, but for some reason I'm watching it and I feel like I'm watching an action film. Right, it's like just th- so energetic. This movie is just people sitting in a courtroom or people sitting in a classroom, and they're just going tapping away on their keyboards. And I'm out of my seat in my room, clapping, going,
1: "Come on!" Again, we need to get this live stream of Jack watching movies.
2: <laughs>
0: have you watched Succession?
2: No, I never have. if you're into the into tick attacking of pace,
0: it's got to be really dunk. well written. And it is very, <sighs> very,
1: very okay. well written. This. Uh, yeah. I, th- I literally one of the only things I asked for Christmas this past year was the subs, sub, the script books of Succession. Oh wow. Which do exist. And it, they're great. It
2: all has to be a perfect storm. This yeah. the social network has perfect music, perfect performances, mm. perfect writing, perfect pacing. Just everything is per- it's like David Fincher he like sold his soul before making this movie and was like mm-hmm. I want to make the most he made a wish on a genie to make the most perfect movie because I can't I can't point out the floor <laughs> of this movie at all I don't think anyone anyone in the room cannot do it it's impossible
0: I would really struggle this I, I can concede. this is the first time I've watched it but I've deliberately obviously we've talked already about Sorkin so much and and having such an acclaimed uh, writing career mm. um prominent, like prior to this, his most prominent fixtures would have been what, The West Wing is probably in, in terms of pretty much it, yeah. writing and, and and A Few Good Men in the mm. 90s oh, but, was, a, yeah, was that obviously huge a, a huge But that's that behemoth long, nearly three hour film mm. A Few Good Men, it definitely has Imagine it, how many we, pages you know, that was. Mm. Yeah and like you said, the, the pacing of dialogue, the back and forth and, and the challenge to turn a three hour essentially mm. at the minute per page law mm. dictates yes. it's a a three-hour script into mm. a two-hour film. Um, this really is a kind of perfect reflection of of Fincher's directorial style and his writing power, and, and it yeah. somehow and, works perfectly together. And the yeah, not not having the egos of the two getting mm. in the way. I, I find it really interesting seeing the
2: mm.
1: the
0: footage of them behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, well, you those you, are you, interesting conversations. You I have. kind
2: of feel like. Fincher must have just appreciated Sorkin so much that he changed his... Like, it still feels like a Fincher film, but it, he, he would have just changed the way he was going to direct a film after he read that script because, you know, a lot of these guys, they, they don't mind having the long pauses and the dramatic shots and stuff. There, there's no, like, moment in this movie where a character says something and another character, like, has to process it and stand there and it's all dramatic and the pacing's, like, done, like, film pacing. Mm. Some someone says something and before they've even finished the sentence someone's talking over them replying to them well, like it instantly fit,
1: it fits yeah. the star because obviously we're following a bunch of characters that are all you know silicon valley and very mm. tech savvy and harvard students and so it just kind of makes sense for all these characters to be so witty and talk so fast but you know it's funny when you say that because most films that do that that don't have any breathing room for those reaction shots mm. i think of oppenheimer there, there there are literally three or four cuts between a single line of dialogue oh, yeah. in that film the editing is insane mm. in that film and i think it works sometimes not always but for this film i really don't know what it is the editing is immaculate because it is just as fast just as chaotic and it just perfectly serves the speed of the story but somehow
2: it's it's quick the the editing is quick the dialogue is quick the characters speak so fast Mm. But somehow I'm watching it. I'm so I'm just relaxed. I'm watching. it, and I'm like this is this is so relaxing. It's, I'm not overwhelmed watching it. Mm. Like on paper, you should be watching. They're like oh my god, everybody, calm down. All we're doing is yeah. make, all we're doing is making <laughs> Facebook right now. Let everyone chill out. But it's like <laughs> so full on. But you're like
1: wow, wow.
2: It just keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going.
1: Well, I, f- I think part of it as well is if we break down the story. Oh, the first thing, let's start with like when we f- all first saw.
2: Oh, I got a good story film. for that. Yeah,
1: because I think I I didn't see it in cinemas sadly. But I think I saw it, like, right at the end of 2010. Um, I think I literally made a Facebook post the day I saw it. So I, of course, had to go back on letterbox and yeah, Like a method it. actor. I know. We love it. <laughs> and um, I was just immediately blown away by it. And I think for the same thing when we talk about, like, watching Scarface at different mm. points in our lives where we get different feelings from the films. Because I think yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, watching this film when you're 13 and watching it... Oh, yeah. Like, twice your age at that point. You have such different opinions mm-hmm. on some of these characters.
2: I remember the first time I saw this movie, mm. it was, I think there was nothing else in the cinema at the time. Okay. It was a the sad... King's Speech. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the two options. I actually I had. did see the King's
0: Speech in theatres, yeah, really. I, I, I did as oh well. I saw it with my mum. Yeah,
2: but... <laughs> <You're both laughs> what a boring <laughs> movie. But so me, I, I, was, I was hanging out with my mates. All three of us like, let's just go to the movies. It's what yep. we just did when we were bored. So we go to the movies, there's nothing on besides the social network. And we're like, I guess we'll watch the social network. We go in there. We made it about 10 minutes into that film and we were so bored. Cause what? I know. I said, we're, 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 I'm said, i 12 years old and I'm there with my boys. We just want to watch an action movie. And we show up and we sit down and we're sort of messing around and fucking around and throwing stuff around the cinema. There's no one else in the cinema. We're running around doing jokes. Sort of zone out. And I remember it gets to the point where he's riding on the window. Oh yeah. yeah. Incredible scene. And I just went up to my. No, I think my mate came up to me and he was like why are we still here? Let's just go do something else. This sucks. And we walked out. 20 minutes into the film we walked out of the social network and I was I cleaned my hands and I was like you I'm you never watching that fired. movie again and then I think <laughs> I not <don't> you <even laughs> be cancelled and I think maybe like 3 years later I was 15 and I was getting back into films and I was watching actual good films and I just googled yep. top 10 films of the last 10 years mm. and the social network was number 1 on every list and I was like wow I was like but I saw this movie and it wasn't good I didn't like it so I was like I'm just gonna go buy it on Blu-ray and I went and bought it and I sat down, and five minutes in, I was like... like Just the opening thing where he's just running through Harvard and the music's yeah. just playing. And I was like, oh, I didn't get it when I saw it the first time, but I immediately got it. I was like, this is incredible. And I probably watched it. I say I bought it on a... a in the, after, the month after I had bought it on Blu-ray, I probably watched it about 15 times. Mm. I, it, would, it would end, and I would just go back to the main menu and press play again. I, I was like, this is incredible.
1: I want to give a quick shout-out to the Blu-ray menu. That's just like the aesthetic. It's just like these establishing shots of harvard but it's just that mm. with the music under it's very like scenic yeah which i minimalist very minimalist i, could I really put the, appreciate that put the
2: blu-ray in and fall asleep every night just to the sound mm. of the
0: music on the main menu it's so good dude. the music is incredible
1: what about you Zeke?
0: i had to think about that for a second because it's this, what this film came out 2010 yeah yeah so that means we're 13 i think i saw this for the first time on one of those overnight DVD rentals at Blockbuster. Uh that's yeah. where I'm clocking and obviously there weren't many Blockbusters by about 2011 mm. but we obviously I think we still had the one at Myri at that point. Yeah, there uh, was the Samson. one there was the one in Samson. Samson, yeah. Cuz
1: I I still remember renting PS3 games in 2010. But...
0: So I'm going to say that that would have been I remember renting it in one of those one night rental situations. Probably very similar to Jack, watched it.
1: one-night rental situations. Well, it used to be it was one, three or a week. You had it (laughs) for one night, three days or three nights or seven
0: days. And I think, I remember watching it, and I was probably in the same boat, I think. I I watched it and thought, oh, the dialogues are like, this is interesting. It's like a little bit like I know I I don't have Facebook at this point, but obviously Facebook's kind of at the epicenter Mm. of of the social media world and the landscape. And I thought, yeah, like, I, I thought it was a good film, but I didn't think it was a great film. And then I think I re-watched it. Its 1st real re-watch probably came just before I went and saw Gone Girl because I saw that in the oh, cinemas. Okay, that's a
1: good time. Good age. Um,
0: 2014, that was. So what yeah. does that put us at? 17. Um God, that's scary. That's a great age. <laughs> um, 17. Um, I mean, it probably would have been 16. 16, 17. And yeah, yeah that, that was the that ago. was the moment I clicked. I was like, this is really good. But this is probably the most attention I've given this film in terms of trying to Watching really see the the writing, directing, mm-hmm. performances, like really breaking it down. Because I think at that point I was like, this is a really entertaining script, but not really understanding how purpose-driven everything oh, yeah. is. sure. Mm-hmm like how genuinely deliberate every jet, like he does not waste a line exactly. in this yeah. film. Exactly. And that's crazy to think about because there are films, a lot of films, we all, even when we're writing our own films, we think a, a line's purpose-driven, but it, it probably isn't. Yeah, This is like, this is a lean film in terms of it has no fat on it. You can't it. cut anything out of this film. You don't need to add anything into this film. It's like mm. the perfect window. It's all of the little ensemble performances, like the Rashida Jones character... Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, ...that kind of, I think, I didn't consume until watching it this time. And sitting there and going, oh, well, her character is quite important to kind of serve the purpose of the film. Yeah. Um, obviously not really knowing I, th- I don't think I know who Rashida Jones was in 2014
1: I'm oh, so. yeah. sure it took me a um, long time to be like oh my god she was in the office <laughs> it took me a long time Parks to make and that rec. connection yeah it's yeah. Parks
2: and Rec this film was yeah. like perfectly designed to scare away young people I, Like I feel mm-hmm. like the universe did me a favour by saying don't watch this movie now, Jack. Wait a couple years and you'll get it. See,
1: I, that's the crazy thing because I, I watched it when I was 13 and immediately I was like, this is absolutely phenomenal. I love this I, film. I think
2: everything about, even the, the film poster, how it had the massive paragraph quote on the poster. Yeah. You, you know, don't to make... 500 mm, million yeah. friends. I, I, remember, well, I remember seeing that when I'm going to see other movies in the cinema and I didn't know what the name of the movie was because there were so many words that my little kid brain yeah, just it's ignored Yeah, like
1: it. It's in the top right, like a tab. Yeah. So I was just looking at <laughs> so it going, to tell.
2: wow, that's a long name for a movie. I'm not watching that. <laughs> and then, and then the trailer is like the pitch yeah. of it. Oh, it's about Facebook. Oh, this. it's like perfectly designed. It's like David Fincher was like, "All oh, these kids aren't going to watch this movie, but in five years when they understand it, they'll watch it and they'll think it's incredible." It's like he was scaring away anyone who wouldn't like it.
1: Like, I think that's the thing as well. It's so brilliant, and we don't think about it now, but I guess back then, like, oh, they're making a movie about Facebook. Like, oh, wow, like cool. It's like, jump on the the bandwagon, and yeah. you know the way they make movies about emojis now. And yeah, imagine like that. a TikTok. How would a TikTok movie work? Exactly. And I feel like this film kind of almost birthed the... You can make films about apps and websites yeah. that aren't about apps and websites. But it just makes they're about it, real human drama. It makes it
2: very hard to recommend it to anyone, though, because, oh, you should watch The Social Network. Oh, what's it about? Oh, it's about Facebook. Oh, but it's... Okay. I'm, mm. I, my mom hasn't watched this movie, and I've told right. and it's my favourite movie, and I've told her for my like for the last 15, no, 13 years, mm. you have to watch this movie. You have to watch it. It's so good. It's just like... Well, it's just about how he made Facebook about Mark. Zuckerberg. I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. Why would I watch that movie? He's like, it's no, you don't get it. No one likes Mark. Zuckerberg. I've watched the. Movie. I love the movie. I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. Obviously, his performance is amazing. Well, he, yeah, him incredible. as a character,
0: not a very good person, not a very nice person. I don't yeah. like him. You know, but he ends up. But it, he gets what he deserves. In a way, billions I mean, it's of dollars. Perfect. It's that perfect <laughs> bittersweet ending. Though, yeah. But at, at its yeah. core, like, and it's even like you said, it's the poster that's on your screen right now, Jake. Where it's you don't get. Uh, was it 500, 500 million, million without breaking a, a few enemies? enemies. Yeah. And it's sort of that aspect where it's, I mean, that's just the ethos of the film, isn't it? But it, I think what I really didn't clock clock into until that, at least that second proper viewing when so I was like 14, 15, is oh, this film is, yeah, it's about the, the, the development of Facebook, but it is about sort of that ruthless pursuit for being the most elite and the most unique and the most one of a kind person and the sacrifices that come with that. It's interesting. And though. the delusion that the pot of gold at the end of rain at the end of the rainbow is the key to happiness.
1: Well, it's, it's I mean it just go the opening scene holy mother of god. Like I don't think it gets better yeah. and better every time you yeah. rewatch it, but like to your point everything is established in that opening scene, not just like the speed of the film and the dialogue and the not not just, like, the hiccups in the dialogue, the ums and ers, but also... You,
2: you know his character immediately. You, you hear three lines of dialogue from him, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. You
1: do, and the funny thing is, and and even just, like, the way they're constantly responding to, like, lines of dialogue from, like, a minute earlier, yeah. that it's never on the same page, and every character's like that throughout the film, it's amazing, but the thing they established, like you said, Zeke, is, like, his ultimate goal of, like, wanting to get into it, like, a Phoenix club, wanting to be admired, to be considered amongst those peers... And at the same time, it's a breakup scene. It's when he's getting dumped. And that
3: that's ultimately the
1: carries the entire movie. It goes. It's called back at the end. Yeah, it's where they frame his whole she motivation. Created,
0: she created Facebook.
1: Well, that's it. If she didn't dump him... And, like, of, of course she should have dumped him because he is an arsehole. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but the point is, if that didn't happen in the way that it did, nothing else in this but film But it's interesting, happens. though,
2: because... That's when Mark Zuckerberg gets interviewed about this movie. He says that's the only thing that is completely false in this movie. Mm. He said, "There's no woman. He never had a girlfriend. He never had a girl that dumped him. He's he's married the first. He's married to the first chick he ever dated right now. Like he's like yeah, like he, he's like he said. I always thought it was interesting that the movie felt that they needed to frame his drive and his success to him wanting to be accepted socially and to win like in spite of this woman." And he's like, I didn't care about any of that. And I didn't have a woman. I just did it because I wanted to do it.
1: And I do, I actually do believe him when he says that. Yeah, but Cause... but
2: also that's not very an interesting film is just watching a guy do it because he wants to do it. You want to understand Maybe why he, he's doing
0: it. He he really wants to. I mean, at the core, like you just brought it up, social acceptance. At its core, it's not even about the relationship. It's about the fact that he wanted to be liked, but couldn't find a, a means to do it. And and he got to the point where he was so in awe of what his accomplishment and where his idea could grow, mm. that he essentially ends up neglecting the one person that is nice to him throughout the vast majority of the film. Right. Um, And I think that, yeah, it's an interesting call to action, but it's almost like a subversion of... Mm. of it's trying to subvert our expectation. Oh, he does this all because he gets dumped by a girl. Well, he more dumps it because she challenges the fact that no one likes him. And mm. I think when she's calling him an asshole it's not you're an asshole and I'm dumping you it's no your personality is you're an asshole mm. no one likes you as a person Yeah at the
2: end of the movie he's still an asshole and no one likes him which is interesting mm. But that's mm. the like whole, you feel like you does he grow as a character? No. But why am I okay well, he, with that?
1: Well I think it, it's interesting cuz like he gets exactly what he wants and I mean it goes back to that phrase where he creates something that makes him like this essentially a household name and that he's brought the world together and the social mm. connectivity social and yet network. the hole in his heart and we're going to talk about Sean Parker because there is a line I never noticed this until my most recent rewatch is a line that Sean Parker says like this completely drives Mark for the whole second half of the film is he's trying to fill that hole in his heart when he got dumped mm. and it's almost that skewed perception of I'm going to show her by making this like wonderful thing that everybody loves mm and by the end of it doesn't help at all he's still I think pining over her I think
2: that's it I think the end of the movie when he's sitting there refreshing his laptop mm. and you see it just him sitting there doing that like he might not have grown as a character from like this moment in the film to this moment in the film like the very first scene to the very end scene you can still take it and say he's still an arsehole that no one likes but you can see sort of he's been through something in the film where maybe he did learn something and that's what makes it acceptable where you're like at the end you're like okay he's reaching out to the girl maybe he's seen that he's an arsehole and no one likes him. He's seen what happens when he's an arsehole and no one likes him. And now he's sitting there refreshing it hoping that she accepts because maybe now he realizes that he can't be that forever, you know. Mm. So maybe he did learn something in the film, yeah. but it happens after the film's over. But this know? is a
0: this is a burgeoning billionaire waiting on a friend request. I
3: like, would take him back and it, heart-beat. It is, but it's one of those <laughs> it's one of those did. moments
0: where it's like that's that's the real grim reality is, you know, as Rashida Jones her like poignant last line mm. about her being like you're not an arsehole but you try You've tried, so you're trying so absolutely hard, hard to be. To be. Yeah. And I think that that sort of encapsulates the fact that, yeah, he pushed, he pushed Eduardo away, which is, is, is that the, one of the toughest breakups in film? <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> and out of really pure jealousy, and the more I watch this film, the more it's so like transparent, how jealousy is at Eduardo and being punched by the Phoenix that like, he's reliant on him for like the money to, to you yeah. know, to serve this website and then that gets into a whole can of worms, and it's like, well, why didn't he go with the Winklevosses? That's its own can of worms, because I think he wanted to spite them for the whole, we can fix your reputation. He's a very, very spiteful person. Is he's just a very to... spiteful person. There's kind of no one he can rely on, because he's jealous of Eduardo, because of his social status with mm. the Phoenix. He's jealous of... Um, well, not really jealous of the Winklevosses, but he's annoyed that they sort of took that position. on. I mean, it's exactly... He says that to... Is it Erica, the girl... No, he, yeah yes. it's Erica he says that to her when he's like oh well you know if you should you should want me to get into these clubs because then I'll introduce you to people you know and to her that's like a what the hell is wrong with you type line like you know screw you and when the Winklevoss is essentially to say the same thing to him or this could you know rehabilitate your reputation from Facemash mm-hmm. he has the exact same reaction as Erica did to him in that moment We're like I'm gonna screw you guys over because
2: how dare oh, you oh you think you can help me watch exactly. me help myself you know?" exactly
1: See, I I just think spiteful is just so accurate. He has no real friends in this film at all. Mm. Well, he has Eduardo, but he's the one. He well, he's tr- Eduardo is trying too so hard to be his friend. It's so yeah. nice, and and Mark just can't accept it.
2: Yeah, it
0: it, Mark Zuckerberg is the villain of this movie. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a, well, he's a protagonist, but yes, he is not. He would. He
3: might villainous. Be, everything that goes nature. wrong in this
2: movie is his fault. Mm. I mean, um, he gets punished for. It. I mean, the obviously the Winklevoss twins are set up as the antagonist because they're like him. Like, fuck this guy. We're going to take him down. Yeah. But I mean, I te- I technically he did fuck him over. Like, as much as it's like, oh, technically what he did was legally okay or whatever. But you see in the movie, they give him the idea he takes it, he does the Facebook. You it's
1: know? kind of interesting because you're right. Like, in, in, from a narrative standpoint, he's, Mark Zuckerberg's our protagonist.
2: But he's doing all the shady shit. He's
1: doing all the sh- shady stuff and you've got the Winklevosses who framed as the antagonist but then I think by the time you know now that we're older and watching it I kind of just oh they're just like you know these preppy school boys that didn't get their way and they're yeah. kind of a nuisance
2: Cause, and they feel like they're valid in what they're doing like it's not like they're doing it to bring Mark Zuckerberg down they no, genuinely saw and I they had an idea saw someone else doing it after they wanted, wanted like they them. gave him the idea he did it and he made a lot of money out of it and they're going oh we, we it was our idea we got screwed over here like they're not doing anything wrong Eduardo's not doing anything wrong suing him. He, you know, if anything, Eduardo is the protagonist of this movie and Mark Zuckerberg is the villain. Well, he's certainly the heart of, his, of this film. Yeah.
1: And and it's interesting because the, the film is framed around these two um, like hearings, these court hearings, or, or legal hearings, I should say. And yeah, one is the Winklevosses, one is Eduardo. It's like there's really only one of those two that is really driving the story forward. Like we don't really... We're not that invested uh, in what the Winklevot Because we don't care yeah. about the legality of it. We don't care about, oh, what's going to happen to Facebook if, if he loses this case? Because we know. Because <laughs> we have it's, Facebook. It's all like the mode for telling that story, but it's all about the relationship with Eduardo yeah, in wanna, particular. Yeah. Like, how does that friendship get torn apart?
3: Yeah. Mm. And
2: it brilliant. leads to the greatest scene in cinematic history. Mm. It prides at the cleaners. <laughs> Smash the laptop with my fuck you flip flops. So
1: good, but it,
0: there's, so, there's there's so many aspects of that scene, and I mean, we haven't really talked too much about particularly Andrew Garfield's performance. How has he not win like, an Oscar? Was
1: he nominated?
2: He had to be. If he wasn't nominated, I'm boycotting. I feel like he was nominated. I have to boycott. It's on when you Garfield. look when you when you search up
1: Oscar nomination,
2: ten best film scenes of all time every time the this is going to have that but scene in It he it was not nominated not even, his performance
0: is right. incredible it's ah, not even insane. just the the scene as you're talking about where he does the smashing of the laptops it's the way the scene is like almost bookmarked with like and what did you go to the office for an ambush and it just immediately has that oh, hook yeah. line oh, yeah. where it just so i mean it feels like an action film it. and it does it, it it's like saying that and you're like an ambush what does that mean like and at this point you know like we said we've got we've been introduced to Tim Black's character um, and we've we've seen that relationship between Eisenberg and Timberlake sort of develop, and they've basically got this love triangle going yeah. on almost. And but they're being ousted. That's um, the
2: thing with Andrew's performance is so good in this movie.
0: Not he, obviously,
2: there's the obvious that scene is obvious, like oh, here's how how good his performance is. Yeah, but just if you just the watch the movie Andrew and you just watch, he like t- he doesn't say a whole lot, but you will see him sitting at the table with Justin Timberlake and stuff what's, and they're talking
0: what's Timberlake's character Napster Sean Parker Sean Napster. Parker. Yeah. yeah, you
2: see him at the table with Na- like Mr. Napster and you'll see <laughs> and you see his acting and you see like he's not even really acting he's just like you can see it in his eyes in the film mm. and like his, like, exp- his facial expression disdain you're just the disdain, watching it and you're like I understand every moment even when Mark's like oh I need more money and Andrew's like okay like, but you can see, you can see tiny, the way he says it you're like tiny bit of hesitation you can see but like, in his performance that he's like I'm helping my friend here but I also might be getting fucked over Like, and you can feel that just in his like okay I'll do it and,
1: and just, just like it, the, the, he, he lets all those waves hit because every time Mark says something like oh you know don't worry if you don't get it to the next step yeah. or like everything he says you is can, so transparent and just you so can feel, spiteful
2: you can feel Andrew's character he just lets it wash over you can him. feel h- him Realizing shit and separating from everything, mm. and just from his performance, not even it's not even in the script. You're just like, okay, yeah, yeah this is the moment where he yeah. realized maybe this is happening, maybe this is happening. And,
0: and this is where you, you really put a shine on on the Fincher comp, shot compositions and those deliberate. So obviously, you know, he's got that directing side, but working with the DOP of the film, I'm not 100 percent sure who that is. But mm. um, is it Roger Deakins? No, oh. it's not
1: Roger Deakins. Uh, cinematography Jeff Cohen Ruff. What, what else has he done? Jeff Cohen Ruff. Let's find out. Let's find out. Well, fight Club, Gone Girl, club. Girls, oh, okay, well, okay.
3: very, very, he's, he's the dude. <laughs> very associated
0: with with Fincher films, yep. and and like you said, that composition having that sort of foreground and background contrast between like Garfield, Timberlake, mm-hmm. and, and Eisenberg. But uh, even in those later scenes, yeah, like after he says the ambush thing, and he like looks at the document, and he turns around and there's that frame within a frame of him looking at Eisenberg in the distance. And you just see it, mm-hmm. and it's like this runway that we're about to see yeah. Garfield take off on and it's like he's in his, like, crosshairs in, in what is nothing more than a Silicon Valley computer lab, and yet it has such a drama to it. It has such a powerful moment in in something that's so, well, sterile as an environment in terms of, getting, like, there's not, like, it, it, yeah. a lot. Uh, the mise scene is so... Well,
1: it's so, it's so much... It's sterile. It's clean, but it is sterile in the same way that every scene prided from film, especially all the Harvard scenes... I kind of have a much more dirty yeah. look to them there's a scene and I have to I have to mention it to you Jack because this is one of the first things we talked about when we met in well first year of Murdoch uh, is it the bottle scene? no no, no. well oh. it's it's to Remind do because one of the things that we both were like oh my god something we noticed in, in Spider-Man Homecoming is the the red mm. traffic light going to green traffic okay. light okay. when Michael King clicks onto who Spider-Man Amazing. is there's a similar thing here I never noticed it is when he's on the phone with Sean Parker right at the very end oh, as we find out about the, sh- the drug party yeah. and the lights behind him all like flick off just as he's been told that mm-hmm. I was like oh Jack would appreciate you know this. what
2: I thought you <laughs> want to talk about is when I think it's Edward oh is it Sean Parker shows up at the house in LA oh and yeah Mark's like oh do you want a beer and then he yeah, throws a beer yeah, and yeah. it
1: hits the camera it hits the right in the lens right in the yeah. lens
2: just smashes. it I'm like interesting choice I don't know. That feels it's a little, fore- that's the only moment here. in that movie where I'm watching it and going, why'd that happen? What's going on there? Like he throws it at the lens of the camera and it just CGI smashes on the camera.
1: I don't think it's CGI. I think they would have put a, like a glass at in front they... of the camera.
2: Even weirder they prepared. like They wheeled in a glass panel and said throw it at Back this. Like what's sort of the point of it? Yeah, it's like, what does that mean? That's the only thing in the film and where I thought like, he just wanted to do it. Just one more time in the context. He just wanted to do it because he thought, it wouldn't it be cool if we smashed well, it?
1: It's part of that precision, I guess, of like he's going to hit it right dead smack yeah. in the middle of the lens. I don't know.
2: It felt like the only thing in the movie I questioned. That's really.
1: fair enough. I, I was never like bothered by it, but it does stick it out. It bothers
2: me every time I watch it. Fair enough. Because I am like. If I ever show this... like I always show this movie to someone who's Mm -hmm. never seen this movie and I'm like, wait for
0: it, wait for it. Why did that happen? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, exactly. Why did the fuck that happen? I don't know why happened. (laughs) Yeah. And no one can give me an answer. I do agree, Jake. You brought up there that that contrast between the more sterile performances, especially uh, sterile... uh, environment. uh, ...production design and environments that occur in the latter stages of the film versus the start of the film where it does have that more gritty and, and real when when he first so he devises greens everywhere yeah and greens like and gold, golds and it's like when he's creating face smash there's a, a much oh, more yeah. traditionalist uh fincher lighting style where it's that dark like really low-key lighting mm. with the high contrast whereas by the time we get to facebook's on the verge of its million uh is it millionth, million? Member. millionth yeah. member um we're almost in this yeah this brightly There's lit so sterile white in the room yeah even just thing. the blight,
1: the bright blue of the facebook logo and yeah
0: it's it's a massive difference between the two and i i think mm. that that kind of happens over the course of the film and i think it's really, really deliberate and it's really quite quite brilliant i um, think up
1: until this point like harvard itself i mean we could talk about the colour scheme of it but i think harvard is such a character in this film and it goes back to the moment you were talking about the, the rowing exactly a, yeah. but it goes back like you said just the establishing shots as we get the opening yeah, credits like the I opening mean the music the choice is phenomenal I think very famously they did not compose that music for that scene I think I think it was David Fincher just sort of picked and chose random tracks sort of mixed it up and it ended up creating this weird effect where it's quite sad and
2: somber. It is very... The most somber shit ever. Yeah. It's old Yeah, it's... The music's all just drone noise, like, drony Like, yeah. there's not really any real music in this. It's all electronic synthesized, just like... Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Trent Reznor did it, yeah.
1: Killers. They killed Incredible. it. But the thing as well is it, it's all sort of represents... First off, you're establishing the location, just the vibe of... There's this kind of nightlife vibe to Harvard. Well, fin- this, it's not overly loud, yeah. but it's sort of this ever-present tone that's There's there. not really anything
2: happening around what's happening with the character so like when Mark's running back to his apartment on campus there's no one on campus when Mm. they're standing outside of the that party at the Jewish fraternity yeah there's a spotlight on them and there's really no one around like there's no like big crowds of college students and shit that you expect to see in a college movie yeah. it's all very it's, just it like makes it feel more realistic in a yeah, sense
0: it just doesn't there's no distraction this movie's like no distractions well, there's no one playing beer pong in the background going <laughs> like ooh, also, ooh, the, uh, yeah. the whole movie is the frat parties <laughs> the whole movie is framed
2: as it's a, it's a story being told in a courtroom by the people involved right yeah. so yeah. there's no point having all this stuff happening because that's not what the characters would remember they'd remember this conversation they're having so they're having this conversation outside of things we're not gonna have a line of people waiting to get into the club or like all these other things happening it's just like here's yeah. the conversation that's and, happening and the closest Nothing we else.
1: get to that as well is the scene and i think i think angel Guffo's actually come out and suggested this is all in mark's head the you know while he's creating face smash and hacking into the houses we get that juxtaposing party where everyone's out drinking yeah. and all these hot girls are on the party bus. That's what he wants, yeah. Yeah, it's almost part of Mark's imagination, which I I, I understand to an extent. I do like the idea of that being real in the sense that obviously you've got the boys in the bedroom doing their cool little project where mm-hmm. everyone else is partying, but how that slowly festers into his creation has taken over. Now everyone on campus I guess that, is hooked to the website. It's kind
0: of like maybe a balance between the two. Like you said, this is just a, a case that's being read out in a courtroom, so... Maybe this is in his it head in be, terms of yeah. in the present day thinking back on that time and and the reality as we as we hear it's twenty two thousand people. So he's just perceiving what is twenty two thousand computer screens yeah. look like and yet in his head originally it's a like you said, it's a collection of girls and then guys and all that rating. I wonder and if
2: you could rewatch this movie in the context of you know it's partly taught from Eduardo's point of view like obviously mm. when he's talking about the ambush it's his point of view of what happened when it's his yeah. subject and then yeah. ha- obviously the other half of the movie is from Mark's point of view of when he's getting asked questions and he's telling you what happened I wonder if you could watch this movie in that context and see a different like performance from Jesse Eisenberg when it's from Andrew Garfield's point it's of right. view it's kind of like know, this when the it's jewel-
0: from- goes about it like when the jewel does the courtroom yeah. hearing and has yeah, the yeah. three different perspectives oh, of the same yeah narrative. exactly
2: but it would be interesting to watch the movie knowing okay this part is from Andrew Garfield's perspective or Mark Zuckerberg acts this sort of way whenever it's from mm. his perspective but when it's from Mark Zuckerberg it's sort of Oh, he's always—he's always, uh, the nice guy. I wonder would, if you could yeah, watch it in that context. That would
0: change the type of film it is. Because I'm not saying it
2: would be that drastic, but I'm saying if you really sat down and yeah, analyzed it. Sorry, you're
1: talking about The Last Jewel, aren't you? Yeah, sorry, The Last Ridley, jewel. Ridley Scott. Yeah. yeah sorry, gotcha, 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 I'm gotcha, not talking gotcha,
2: about like, oh, it's a completely different story from different point of views. I'm saying very subtly, I wonder if the, I wonder if when Fincher was directing it, he said, all right, if this was from your point of view, you would raise your eyebrow like this and react this way. But since it's from his point of view, you mm. sort of do it like this. like It's yeah. not anything drastic. It doesn't change the story. But I wonder if you could watch it and be like, "Oh, the character it, of Mark is slightly a bit snakier when it's mm, told from a different perspective it, it, than his own
1: perspective." I I like that thinking, and I and I I guess you kind of just have to go off the fact that well these are like the transcripts that have been found, and this is sort of like what has objectively yeah, legally yeah, yeah. been observed in in how it's written and how the stories were told. But it's being written in
0: a Bill Burr esque voice, exactly. <laughs>
1: But there's a there's a YouTube channel called Legal Eagle who does like legal analysis of films. So he's done like a few. Sounds good men. riveting. Oh, it. Oh, I think it is. I personally <laughs> love it. And he did the Social Network. And he's basically like, I reckon ninety percent of this stuff is like straight up ripped from the real um, transcripts. It would make from sense. the actual here Yeah, it would make and sense, right? And it's not even so much, like, the stories that have been told, but it's it's all the interstitial moments. It's the fact that Mark Zuckerberg has been so overcoached where he won't even answer the simplest of questions, mm-hmm. which is a great little detail to add in there. But then also, like, when they're marking things to file into evidence, that, that stuff is just so spot on. And I've, the only things he pointed out were, pro- were unlikely is the fact that... Um, say, for example, the Winklevoss twins, that they would both be sitting in and Mark along... They're all in the same room doing their depositions, which probably is just a little over, unlikely and all that, that stuff. they'll yeah. probably be doing their own sit-downs in front of cameras. But what's more interesting for filmmaking? Well, exactly. You know? There's a little, because they're all there in the room. Because so they, they could, have that they actual could exchange. could argue between each other, exactly. Um, and then little moments like when Eduardo sort of looking away from everyone. Yeah, the guy would the tell product. you to turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be like, uh, please turn around and repeat what you yeah. <laughs> just said to the camera. You can't just but... Face out the window. Or dramatically
0: saying that no one else's stocks were liquidated.
1: Yeah, Makes well, sense. more the ambush line is... is yeah, the, the way... Ambush. The, uh, yeah, you're right. Whereas, though, the, like, uh, the way he's what like, does like,
0: that mean? <laughs> and how much was his
2: stocks liquidated? And how much was his? And how much was his? And how much was, how much was yours? It's, like, so dramatic. Why?
1: Like, I don't know. Well, no, I I reckon that makes sense. I guess sense. lawyers have a bit of because, flamboyantness well, the, to them to get yeah, their point across. Yeah, lawyers are theatrical in yeah. nature, yeah. and that that is purposely the highlight, like, it, it's the repetition it of those lines, which works so great as a script.
2: It's, it's crazy how entertaining it is to watch this unfold in the courtroom. Like I think the courtroom scenes are the most exciting scenes.
3: They're and amazing. And I'm just
2: thinking to myself, if I was a fly on the wall for the real thing, I would be so bored. Even if it's the <laughs> exact same thing happening, the same story is being told, but I'm watching it in real life, I'd buy Oh, who cares? I'm so bored, but yeah, somehow that's, the movie that's, makes that's
0: it... it. That's a testament to the editing, isn't it? And yeah. the way to break the narrative up in perfect moments, like saying a, a slightly dramatic line of "It was an ambush." And what do you mean by that? Then yeah. he cuts to that, or mm. or even having the little things where they have those back and forth with the the, the, the Vink is it Winkle 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 um,
1: They're billionaires
0: yeah. now, too. By the way, they're like they, well, shoot. they kind of always were. Their parents are already That's the thing, and,
1: and the, the film kind of. Yeah a little bit doesn't make too much of a point but it's like all of these characters are all wealthy including Mark Zuckerberg's, Mark Zuckerberg's like parents, parents are already wealthy, rich yeah. yeah well
0: they
2: went to Harvard I know but they have to make yeah. the two the the twins the rich bad guys and Mark has they're to be the honest they're like the, the daddy's honest, boys living in a frater- like living in a house with a bunch of other people just trying to get by you it's, know
1: yeah it's kind of the opposite thing because I actually did make a note of that where Eduardo and of course he's coming from a finance background so of course he's the one that wants to push the ads and drive revenue it's kind of weird that I feel like we're trained as audiences to root for the underdogs. like Root for the people who don't care about money. Mm. And over and over and over and over again, the film's like, Mark doesn't care about money. Mark does not care about money. And yet, he's clearly the most unlikable of those two. But he kind of is likable at the I same time, I thought it was though. an interesting combination. It
2: is weird, isn't it? Because, yeah, obviously Andrew Garfield's the suit guy. He wants and to and add you should be like, ads oh. to Facebook? And Boo. then you see Mark Zuckerberg shop in his pyjamas and be like, oh, I don't care but it only takes it too far like well, now I just know Mark Zuckerberg is a bit arrogant and and Wado is just trying to make money but you want them to make money it's like it's a weird like it doesn't make any sense Facebook
0: would never add ads you can't explain <laughs> why
2: the only reason I go on Facebook is for the ads by the way because I get why some wild ads <laughs> I just scroll through Facebook you and see the a crazy stuff. Of times
0: into your phone, like it's now just going to be like social network.
2: Yeah, so yeah the, that's yeah. it. It's going to be a lot of, of social network.
1: Well, no joke. The amount of like Brenda Son posts that I've seen since rewatching this film, just like all all of a sudden. And I, to be fair, I think she is married to Macaulay Colgan who yeah, I think yeah, just yeah. got his Hollywood yeah, star. Yeah. Very. Recently. Why was she so in I mean, this that's movie?
2: That's such a random casting though. Okay, if you kill the. She's great in it. I know, but like, how? <laughs> like, there's a million just women that could have done it, and they're like, let's get the chick from Sweet Life as Zach and Cody. <laughs> I get. I guess Andrew Garfield didn't really have much of a filmography before this either
1: well the, the, I mean even more than Jesse Eisenberg I think this film was h- a huge breakthrough I, I feel mean, like this
2: is the end of Jesse Eisenberg's career
3: he mm, was like the Zombieland. sort of awkward Zombie that was was, that no, after this? Was, was, before this. was before the
1: social network yeah
2: I feel like he was like getting his niche of weird awkward guy teenager and then he was sort of growing out of that role and he did this and then what has he done after this Now You See Me one and two
1: yeah Batman's been the Batman yeah he was lex luther yeah come on For some reason yeah no I, I i see what you mean in, in terms of that but i think but going back to andrew Garfield, it's kind of insane when it was almost the inverse of what happens these days of oh my god eduardo saverin's gonna play spider-man yeah it's like now it's the opposite it's like oh look it's it's spider-man and superman in the same movie <laughs> oh, when it's just like two normal famous actors working together
3: Oh, it's it's the real tra- superheroes.
2: Uh, Andrew Garfield is bad casting for this movie. He's incredible in it, but he, him playing a guy named Eduardo Savron yeah, is always a Brazilian so Brazilian. Is a little. Right. It's always so jarring whenever they
0: say Eduardo. I'm like, he's not Eduardo.
2: He's white.
0: I will. I will most definitely concede it is e- even for 2010. That's that's a, a bit outdated choice.
2: Well, they did Prince of Persia after this movie, right? When was that? Oh, did they? That I think that was 2012, and that was Jake Gyllenhaal. As a Middle Eastern man, so they still hadn't learnt that lesson, you know. Yeah,
0: so I mean, I don't think if that's if there has to be a critique, there's that. Maybe that sort of dated casting. Um, but he does but, such a good job, I mean, he's he kind of can't complain. Yes. So. Yeah, it's such a it's such a shame Army Hammer's cancelled because he's really good in it. He's yeah, he's pretty
1: good. Well, I mean, it goes back to the same. Like, I think the, one of the top letterbox reviewers, like you know, Fincher, where did you hide the other Army Hammer? <laughs> I didn't Where know when I was younger that there was no, they I... weren't
2: actually twins. It was such flawless.
1: It's perfect,
2: flawlessly done. I was like, "There's two of them."
0: Do you imagine Army Hammer comes out and goes, "I was actually that was my twin." <laughs> that would be so
2: good. I didn't yeah. say all
1: those being, those all the horrible yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. He, yo, that's actually smart. He should do that. <laughs> he should do that. And some people would fall for <laughs> my it. My twin said all those awful things, but I'm going to take his place. He's now. a cannibal, not me. <laughs> Alleged cannibal. But the funny thing is, like the techniques they use to duplicate him. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of like face swapping, he's out a body double, things like that. But I think the vast majority of his simple. Locked off tripod Nice symmetrical framing Where he's very easy To just paint out of shots and, and repaint him Into other shots Which We did that On faces in the crowd mm-hmm. <laughs> You know In second year They've been
2: doing that Since the fucking 1930s my guy Yeah I know they I, been, I know they've ago. been
1: Doing it forever But it's just so Clean in this film mm. It's so clean they, they really figured it out. Yeah It's, it's phenomenal I want to give a shout out As well I mean We already talked a little bit About Justin Timberlake I mean, this was like the big, like, wow. Like, he's he has no business surprisingly being surprisingly good in, good in, this in a
2: drama. And then he didn't really do much. What other he did? It, in like, time. In time. Yeah, there you go. That's probably what killed it, the momentum. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> He's not bad in, in time, though. In time, could bad Sam, He could have been
2: Sam Worthington in, in time. He could have gotten any generic white guy in, yeah, in time. Yeah, But he's really good in this movie.
1: There's a scene, and this is what I was going to allude to earlier. There's the one line he says that I think drives Mark Zuckerberg for the whole second half is when he's talking about um, you know the the Victoria's Secret catalog, and the guy who made it jumps off the, the Golden Gate Bridge, and yada, yada yada. But it all comes back from he talked about the lacrosse girl in I think in high school that he wanted to impress her with he Napster and that when Mark's he asks, he's like, "What about that girl? Like, did you ever like what happened?" And he's like, "No, I never think about her." You know, and I think for Mark, it's like uh, the, I need to do what he's uh, yeah, doing uh, to get can, Erica out of can my. You see brain. the light
2: bulb turn on in his head when yeah. he says it. he's like, "Oh," and then he says, "What's well, cooler than one million dollars?" one billion dollars <laughs> like he's right that is cool
1: <laughs> that got he's me right let's follow him drop the <laughs> um uh, yeah drop the burn and take the ads off the website but that's uh, even even eduardo's like he made the right before he made his biggest contribution just that little that little stab right there just clever subtle stuff in there i i, I love it i want to shout out two things i've noticed over the years rewatching watching this film okay which is very strange Mm-hmm. There's two moments where there's, like, film gear in the frame or some sort of weird 4-4 four, four break. It's very strange. So, the the first one I noticed is that in the back room after the rowing competition, mm. it's when they finally decide, let's gut the frickin' nerd. It was there's clearly a of, ADR, by the there's way. ADR.
2: They clearly say "gut the fucking nerd" and then they have to oh, adr. Oh, you're f- right. If you look at his mouth, he says "fucking" and then they yeah, the no, you're frickin'. right, you're right. And well, it feels e- so unnatural. Gut the frickin' nerd. Even
1: even the letter that Mark gets that just says "um you dick." That was that did not say that in the original. Yeah. I guess pre-release cut, so to speak. They definitely PG thirteen the film a little bit there. But the the thing I noticed in that back room when they say that there's a bunch of um like Mike. Um, what's it called, boom mics. Could be because they... And, like, camera gear and, and cases. Could be, like, news crew who film... It kind of makes sense because they're or at something. that competition, so I was like, okay, there were people filming the rowing competition, but it just felt so weird. I'm like, did they just leave all their gear in this room and shut the scene? Like David Fincher. It's so jarring. It could just be yeah, David Fincher
2: being like, I'm so good, no one's even going to notice.
1: <laughs> and the and the other thing I noticed as well... Where is it? Oh, yeah, and during the... Um, I think I only noticed this in the Winklevoss uh, deposition is they're all wearing mics. They're all in little lapel mics. I think that's Every something car- that happens which, in some corner Which makes so, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Diagetic, like they have to record. Howard, that'd be a great
0: dance set though.
2: Just oh, so the, e- easy. The, just like, I know
1: that people micing them are like, oh, this is the best day I'm of my life. <laughs> I'll be back in 12 hours. Have fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, I assume it's just recording the deposition to ensure that nothing's just said once and that's the only record. Yeah,
1: exactly. Though. They're recording all the, the audio. But I only noticed it this most recent time. I was like, that's kind of genius. Because mm. you're right, it makes perfect sense. Well, I guess it's scenario. better than...
0: It, and it also, if we think about it from a filmmaking point of view, and especially because there's interactions across the table, having mm. giant microphones like you see in some depositions where they've got the big microphone... It's going to
1: yeah, mess up yeah. yeah. its framing, mate. It's what yeah. it's going to do. It would, it it's would kind of would like mess. we're talking into these mics right now. I can't <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. It's hard to film.
2: Just break the fourth wall.
1: Yeah. Jack,
0: what turn was your highlight scene? Oh. Mm.
2: Oh, it's too easy to say the laptop smashing scene.
0: Well, if that's your highlight scene, that's your highlight scene, Jack. Come back to me. I want to... Th- I'm thinking... Ooh, I've never had to come back to someone before. Jake!
1: I think it will have to be the entire... I think it's like 10 minutes. The whole stretch of hacking the Facebook houses, the face smash, that whole... Mm. It is so... Every time I I'm like... It is so immaculately done. And it's not even just, like, the storytelling and the excitement behind it and the... Um, I love how accurate a lot of, like, what he's blogging is and, and the way he's hacking these things. And, I mean, it goes back to Mr. Robot, like you were saying earlier, Jack. But the energy, especially for the music... Mm. It just, like, I mean,
2: nothing can happen in this movie, but somehow the music and, the, and just the way it's shot, you're like, oh, what's he doing?
1: And it's just so exciting. And, like, it, it, I just... Oh, like... This montage of him just building something and taking over the campus and Mm. the way it's your character, it's just like, that's what blows my mind. To be fair, you said, Jack, that it was, it was when they wrote the equation on the window, which is before it gets really good. (laughs) That scene, to be fair, is when you, when you gave up as a, as a wee lad, but I'm like, how on earth could you not watch that scene and not be just completely riveted by it?
2: I know, I know.
1: <laughs>
3: anyway, my favorite scene.
2: I think any of the scenes where Mark Zuckerberg is sitting at the the, the deposition and he's just being an arsehole to everyone. Like when the guy's doing math and he's like, oh, hold on. And he just writes on a bit of paper. Oh, yeah, the 1,000 like, plus
1: 18,000. He's like, oh, uh, 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 yep. Let me just check you're good. Your,
2: your, math math, on your math checks out. All right, you're good. And it's like <laughs> just him being a fucking arsehole. Like, <laughs> I like it. I think, that's, I think that would, if I'm not going to go for the cliche, I like the scene where Sean Parker gets busted. Mm, okay. I think Justin Timberlake's acting in that scene is really good when he's like Justin has the coke off his pants and he's yep. like and you can tell how nervous he is and stuff I'm like that's pretty, that's pretty good acting mm. oh no no, no they, which is the most obvious most iconic scene when what? they're in the nightclub and they're chalking you could barely hear them over the music that is amazing <laughs> that is that is the highlight of the film that actually
1: is one of the all best all you
2: hear is the most like the bass of their voice is real muffled and while they're screaming over the loud music and, and Justin Timberlake is just so slick with it and you can just see the like the inspiration in Mark Zuckerberg's yeah. eyes like, I could be like this guy
1: that is a tough scene to do because it's like you got the actors that have to shout and I, I excuse me I assume that would always just be easy of oh you just got to shout think that, that pretend- scene, I've done that before I'm like it is hard that you, scene your changed. brain is not adjusted
3: to- I think that,
2: that scene changed how they sh- that they do nightclub scenes in movies because there's so many movies after this movie that came out where they're in a nightclub and all you hear is oof, 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 and you can barely hear the characters like I feel like that was like but the, it normally is still movies, audible just, though. that's the brilliant yeah I know but, but thing, yeah. it's like so like sounds exactly how it does sound when you're mm. actually in a club and I think before that movies would just have the music down and they'd just talk and you'd have to just suspend disbelief that you could never hear what they're saying and then social network did this and every filmmaker was like oh we can have we can just have them scream at the top of their lungs and you can still hear them
1: <laughs> Zeke, what's your highlight scene?
0: I'm going to go with um, that sort of scene when we start to hit the the real low point of Eduardo and, and Zuckerberg's uh, relationship. And it starts with, um, obviously, um, Timberlake's character opening the door to um, um, Eduardo he's, he's in the middle, middle, of, the middle of the rain. Kind of a nice seven sort of little yeah feeling there. I, I actually the, did
1: one of the, our cinematography unit in Fergia. That was the scene I did. Really? Yeah, was uh, because of the way the ca- it's very few camera angles, and what you notice is they're cutting around it, but the camera's dollying back and forth as the characters walk out the door, walk in the door, and count and the shots. It's, it's not as much.
3: Um,
0: I, I really found that scene the way it unfolds, and obviously they go, "Can I? Can I go take the private?" And they have that mm. private dialogue, and the, the this way, is yeah. actually full credit to Eisenberg's performance with Zuckerberg is he has this sort of like I can't. Do this without you. There's mm. that real, that's one of the few times we see that real emotional where, yeah, uh, he's, where been he's pushing away the whole how,
2: time. And then he's like, Oh fuck, it's actually working. I better try to reel him back in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um,
0: well, it's interesting you say it that way. I see it as honestly like that's one of his few times where he's expressing that friendship. Like he actually values it oh, to an I read extent. It, I read it as he's been getting
2: away with treating people like this for so long and then. It's like the one moment he's like, "Oh he's fuck, May, I, I normally I normally get away with this." Let me, let, me, let me. No, no, I need you. I need you. I need you. And he's like, he's like in first round, like, "Oh, I can't get away with this." I like You have
0: I, such a sinister reading.
2: I kind of think that's just don't how, know how, how how my I brain would, read would that work. Scene. That's
3: a really good. Because I'm, I'm putting
2: myself into the position of Mark in that scene, and I would probably just be an asshole to someone, and then when I see it actually affects them, I'd be like, "Ooh, whoops! No, I need you." You know,
1: there are still like there's still lines in there that are just so like goes right over the head, like the whole like. You know, how how's... Is it Chrissy? And he's you know, like, she's crazy. She's driving me nuts, you know. And he's like, well, at least you've got a girlfriend. <laughs> There's uh, like moments like that. that it's yeah, just that like, hits. oh my God, dude, read the room. But I do think he is being authentic. I, it's tricky. Because he says the line, like, I, if you don't come out, I feel like you're going to get left behind. And I, Which, I feel like I can see how saying that could be like a reverse psychology you got to remember he is
2: extremely socially he's autistic Inept. as fuck but dude he's,
3: the
1: thing is like he's so transparent every other time he insults Eduardo yeah and that's he's not very transparent in that moment
2: But like, I think I feel like he just knows he's so socially just not there and mm. like a robot that he knows he says something and then he has to he realizes it actually affected Eduardo and he like tries to take it back or whatever like, oh yeah. but I need you to do this yeah. it's cause he knows that's what uh, he knows Eduardo and he knows that's what he wants to hear but he's too much of a social robot to be saying something like that because he thinks, oh, I feel bad. He never feels bad. Perhaps he, doesn't, a, he doesn't know what he's saying. There's a
0: middle ground between the two. Maybe he is that robotic sense, but that's his way of basically, he's saying, you're going to get left behind, but it's in a way that his eye, he's putting his eye contact to the floor. It's almost like he's nervous to be saying something like this to Eduardo because it almost feels like a slight vague threat, but at the same time, it does feel like it has that undertone of, I don't want to leave you behind.
1: Mm. Eduardo definitely takes it as a threat. Yeah. yeah. The next thing he does is freeze the, the accounts. Good. But there's also the line he says, he's like, he's like I need you, please don't tell Sean that I said that. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty authentic well. as well.
0: And that has that fine balance with, especially with what Rashida Jones says in that final little bit about, yeah. uh, you're not an arsehole, you're just trying really hard to be one. Yeah. And it's sort yeah. of like, well, that kind of encapsulates that scene. I think it's a really good scene that really showcases mm. both the actor's muscles. The social network is currently out on Netflix, question mark. Stan. Stan.
2: It's on Stan. Hell yeah, I've got
1: that one. Oh, there you go. I can rewatch okay. it. And oh, I got it on Blu ray as well, of course. Of course. Well, speaking Blu-ray's. of
0: streaming platforms and cinemas, Jack, what's new to streaming platforms and
1: cinemas this week? Well, unfortunately, I'm only going to tell you what's coming to cinemas this week because oh, uh, this is. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Because <laughs> this is a pre record, of course. So a little leeway for what's actually coming out, uh, not just in the next week, but in the next two weeks. And uh, we'll explain why in just a moment. But coming to cinemas, we have, based on the Broadway musical version written by Tina Fey, Mean Girls retells the iconic story of the past. Who cares? With Renee Rapp and Ngawi Rice taking on the roles of Regina George and Katie Heron, respectively.
2: I didn't even know that was coming out. I thought they only just released a trailer for that, so.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's. That's um, coming to cinemas? Yes, it is. That's wild. I'm I'm keen.
2: Straight to sitting, straight to streaming. I wouldn't mind watching Netflix it. original. film. It definitely
1: feels like more modern in a way that I'm like, is this gonna hold up? Or it's you know what I mean? Like the original. No, but, no. Yeah. The first one's pretty, like he's on pretty lap. perfect. You know. Mm. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Fuck that.
1: <laughs> what else, Jake? <laughs> oh God, we got the holdovers. We see Alexandra oh. Payne and uh, Paul Giamatti reunite. The story follows a cranky oh, no. history teacher at a remote prep school who was forced to remain on campus over the holidays with a troubled student who has no place to go Sideways why, 2 why doesn't this come out at Christmas it's currently why do they wait till January Genu- why don't they wait till January and then it's got a 4.2 unlimited box I'm excited mm. uh, I
2: don't really like Alexander Payne too much
1: well, did you only watch the Sideways oh Sideways you didn't like Sideways what about Downsizing oh that's
2: terrible yeah yeah so that's I've seen two movies film. that I don't really like that. Sideways okay. Sideways is another movie I watched in film I just didn't want to like I just it wanted
1: it to make sure Tom you didn't get, get Sideways and Downsizing mixed up because I'm just no, realising now how similar like those titles very, like, Sideways is great <laughs> The
0: Descendants is great yeah it's alright not not for me <sighs> Nebraska's fantastic Nebraska's fantastic I mean, that was Nebraska. the film that
2: won me over personally. I do
1: like that one <sighs> okay see so you, you are redeemable we've got, we got something to work on here he's one for four all of Us Strangers sees Andrew Scott as a screenwriter, screenwriter, my goodness, drawn back to his childhood home where he meets a mysterious neighbour played by Paul Mescal. As their relationship develops, he soon discovers his parents appear to be living just as they were on the day they died 30 years ago. Skip. What's good?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you lost me, man. You lost me.
1: Jack's a tough audience. I like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, same as a dog-eat-dog world nowadays. You've got to get me in right mm, away. Fair enough. Yeah, that's. Um, I'd rather that's... watch a Mr. Beast video
1: oh uh, okay right. is that it he's gonna cure 100,000 No, there's a few more but Jack's like I want this to end I, want one, no, I don't I want like one, any of these I want
2: one good movie you know <laughs>
1: okay well, I, well I'm gonna try one thing to pull me in okay what if I like deliver one of these like with such enthusiasm yeah, it's not gonna help yeah. it's not gonna help alright <laughs> let's give it a try Jason from stars in The Beekeeper Next, The Beekeeper <laughs> Don't read any more of that. Just Where he it. takes on a brutal campaign for vengeance after it's revealed he is a former operative of the powerful and clandestine organization. Known Beekeepers. As the Beekeepers. Oh, at
2: least he's not a really. Like, I thought it was like after the his bees. Bee, after the his bees, bees all mysteriously <laughs> die, he goes to get revenge.
0: <laughs> I'm not watching. Wicker Man Part Two. Oh I my ran god. Ran out of ideas for that one. Uh,
1: the Canterville Ghosts. It's a spooky animation in which an oh. American family moves into a haunted mansion. Stars Hugh Laurie as the Grim Reaper. Oh, I'm in. You're in. No. Okay. Well, we got close. <laughs> is that it? Uh, there's there's one more. Oh, oh sorry. Well, there's two. Okay, so Sophia Coppola's uh, Priscilla goes yeah. wide in the next week. Excellent. Um, I know that um, so I that's know. exciting.
2: Oh yeah, I didn't. I know. Oh, no, yeah, that. Um, that one, I'm kind of excited for that one. actually. There you go. The Elvis one. I watch that on streaming. And what was I, the, is I, the the uh, last okay, one? Like, is it good?
1: The, that that goes wide. There's one left. Also from A24. Called uh-huh. the Iron Claw. Yes, I'm yes. excited for this one. Oh yeah, we got one. Sports thriller starring Zac Efron, uh, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, uh, ma- ma- Maria, Maria Tuni, Tert- Maria Tierney. You nailed ma- You nailed it, mate. Thank you. <laughs> no, I didn't. Stanley very- Simmons and Holt McCallan, McCollan. Uh, McColla McCalline- Any is how it's spelled. What language you speak? I know. As members of the Vonage Brothers. Uh, there you go. Yeah,
2: the Von Erichs. I'm so Professional excited. wrestling. So. It's a yeah, it, tragic, I mean, tragic story. It I watched is. a documentary about it a couple of years ago. Oh. Yes. I, so I am actually excited for that movie. I already, I, I, yeah, yeah, I already I know, it's know what happens Zac Zac Efron and A24. we fan. got it. I also know what's happening, so I don't know what else the movie is. It's not that much to it, you know, but no. it's a cursed family, really. But I am excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. The golden era
0: family it. that, yeah. Kind of fell apart pretty quickly. Oh, well, There you go. Very exciting. I'm hoping, I'm hoping
2: Rick Flair is in the movie.
0: Ooh, like a Rick Flair esque.
2: I'm not him, yeah, but like a
0: person playing him, you know. Bit of early, it. Would, it would have Terry Funk too. He's one of their biggest rivals. Lots to talk about with that film. Mm, very Hopefully exciting. Hopefully, get to watch that when I'm in Europe. So those.
1: Ooh, to clarify, and I probably should have wrote more dates because those come out over the next two weeks, yeah, and that would take out. us through to. Uh, a very important date, I guess, in the history of the podcast. The 22nd of January, 2024. Bam, Zeke, bam. what happens on that day?
0: Well, we officially uh, close up shop at the end of that episode. That is our final episode. But not just that, Jake. Not just that. It is our fifth ever end of year awards, which features... Of course. Yes. Uh, some of our most acclaimed cinema sideshow awards. Obviously, we're talking about the Golden Chock Top, which is awarded to our favourite film... Uh, that we cover in the weekly slot, which is, in this situation, mm. the social network. Yep. Um, and, of course, more importantly, the Stale Popcorn Award, which goes to our <laughs> least favourite film. And there are quite a few that could take yeah, that in the, one in the out. last year? I think so. Okay. Yeah. We shall see. That's fair enough. So, Jake, our final ever episode of the podcast also features a Film of the Week. But it what does. are we
1: watching well, next week on the show is, a, or excuse me, two weeks from now on the show, our final ever Cinema Sideshow podcast discussion for a little film called Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance.
3: I remember. In your bird suit. Oh, oh. Hey, you're oh. not oh. starting to
0: fake me. you to fake me. Oh. No! No! I'm crab up on your ass and choke Don't. you out. I'm gonna choke
1: you out. choke you out. What are you looking at? A fading cinema star plans to resurrect his career with a passionate Broadway production. However, during rehearsals, his co-star is injured, forcing him to hire a new actor. My God! So there's there's a lot happening here. This is also a director's corner.
0: Yes, very exciting. Inuitu,
1: for Inuitu, exactly. So someone who
0: we have not covered on the show thus far. Shockingly. Obviously, a lot of reasons why we are going to cover Birdman next week. We'll probably mm. dive. Oh, two weeks from now. Yes. Um,
1: I made the mistake on on Elf as well. No. I said next week instead of two weeks from now, but... There we
0: go. But and we will uh, talk about that Jack feel, Birdman for the last ever episode. I don't like that movie, so... But,
2: uh, ending on a bit <laughs> of a wet fart, but we're all good. I'm sure you guys will make <laughs> it entertaining. Should we
1: have ended on the social <laughs> network?
3: No, you
2: should have ended on something just really, really bad. like The Room. The Room would have been a good one. We never room. did The Room. Yeah. We never
1: did. I think we were waiting for like an April 20th or, like, or for April 1st. Finish sort on of... like
2: Citizen Kane, you know? We did, like, we did Citizen Kane already. Do it again. <laughs> just finish on like the most iconic
0: movie ever made
1: Birdman well, all faces in the crowd there you go
0: there you go until then <laughs> we're going to run it back one more time next week thank you for joining us for this uh, two weeks from now I know it keeps getting us <laughs> thank you for joining us for the Cinema Sasha Podcast I was Zeke I was Jake and I was Jack and we'll catch you two weeks from now with our final ever episode Birdman the unexpected virtue of evil.